This is cool. This is the first time we're doing a video 123 episodes in. Yeah, I know, right? And I'm able to... <laughs> it's pretty neat. I gotta admit, it felt like radio at first, and now it feels <laughs> like we're in the next century, man. Yeah. 21st century, Fox. <laughs> so are you gonna message me this? Ah, look at this, man. Technology. I think so, but I don't have any... Like, I purposefully didn't, like, set up anything on here. I was gonna try to airdrop it to my computer. <laughs> Uh, this is good share, content. It's not. <laughs> oh, I wonder if my airdrop's off on here. Airdrop is set to contacts only, and I don't think this iPad knows who this is, who I am. See, I've opened mine up to everyone. And that way, <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I've been at a... It's crazy being at a concert, and you just you open up your phone, and you see all these dots when you got the yeah, your picture up. Totally. Oh, there's so many different icons. People, there's the, like LW... <laughs> and then there's the, the people's icons, and it's just wild to see that stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, come on. What's going on? Yeah, I've got All the right. watch together up. I've this got... This is what I'm looking at. Notes up. Oh, and here it comes, man. Gosh. Oh, so you've got basically got a mixing board. Yeah, and it's live. And it's all it, it, it's uh, added as a control surface. So it's all MIDI, so I could mix live if I wanted to. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, and I can see the view meters on it live and everything. And it's real time, so you're seeing... Real time, yeah. Gosh, man. And, like, the time code's running. Like, I guess I can send you, like, a little video. Although, I don't see the view meters going up and down. I'll bet you, though, if I... Uh, let me actually quit the app and then open it back up. Um, so there's, like, got- a way... There's, like, an order of operations you're supposed to do, like... <laughs> open, open up Audition first, mm-hmm. then open up the app on your iPad. Yeah, totally. So, like... Uh, I saw all the mixers go up, but I don't know. For some reason, I don't have a mixing option, but you can see the time code running here. I'll take a quick video. You ever get like new technology and you give it to, um, like, let's say Susie or something, and and you're show you're so stoked on the the giving them this new technology that they ask, does it do this? And you say, well, it's supposed to, and then it doesn't work. But you kind of just gloss yeah, over that. <laughs> let's just <laughs> stick with the fact that you have this really cool. Yeah, uh, new tool that you can use. <laughs> all right, I sent you a little video of you can see the time code running, so I could see like how long we've been recording and all that stuff. There's got to be a way to add a, a marker to this. Oh, thing. that's cool. Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah, we did that with our new car when we got the the Highlander. There were so many cool things that we thought we would end up using, and just <laughs> we ended up like it's more work than it's worth. Yeah, for so sure. So we're just not going to set this stuff up. Don't. That's just yeah. not. It's cool that it can do it, but it's just not practical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, everybody, I don't know if you can tell. I have a new microphone. We're recording oh. with a new setup. Justin and I can see each other. Um, and it's just, uh, I think we're slowly getting to the new, you know, as we wind down the <laughs> I know, show. Right. Yeah. The, uh, we're sundowning and yeah. we're, we're getting we're getting our uh, bearings here. Yeah. But I am <laughs> on recording on a computer again. So let's hope that this. Uh, doesn't crap out on me and I don't immediately regret this decision Um, because I remember the last time we had an issue uh, with the computers and I said, love never. (laughs) This is Jimmy pod. (sighs) Thank you for getting there. Yeah, man. So I have one bit of housekeeping. I'm going to leave till next week because we had so much housekeeping that came up this just today. Sure. Um, Yeah. So first of all, I was watching. What movie was I watching? Oh, um, Miss Congeniality yesterday. And uh, 
Yeah, and the credits are rolling, and I usually like to watch the credits, see if I know anybody or I've worked with anybody that's been on these movies. Sure. And um, I don't know, Susie and I are talking, blah, 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 and I look back at the credits, and dude, whose name do I see rolling in the credits with her track called Four of Five, but Susie Katayama? <laughs> she is <laughs> she is nonstop, man, between yeah, so, working with the uh, at, at the Hollywood Bowl and Jimmy World. Yeah. So I want to see what this track is. Susie Katayama, four of five. I don't see it here, but it's in the movie. And it's a, it, it, so yeah, interesting. Uh, I guess we'll have to track down the music supervisor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh, you know what I did here? Um, you'll have to pardon my plosives in this episode, everybody. Um, I was recommended a new mic filter that I have not purchased yet. So, uh, I just heard I heard a little pop when I was laughing just a second ago. So uh, things to think about as we move forward into sunsetting the show. <laughs> um, uh, next, this morning, uh, I uh, we leave the radio on for the dogs, uh, and we go back and forth between stations. Right now, we're on KCRW or not KCRW. I don't know the call letters of the classical music station here in LA. I think they're also in Santa Monica, though, and. Um, they played a Yo-Yo Ma track this morning. Oh, well, Yo-Yo Ma playing a Bach track. And what was the name of that song, Justin? But first, Cello Suite. That's what cued this? You you listened to it on the radio? It, it was just on. Radio? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, you know, I, 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 the, the boys wanted to go up and play, and I was sorting the laundry, and I just left the radio on sure. after I dropped Susie off at work. So I come back, and they're, you know, it's like a morning show, and they're like, oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, And uh, here with uh, First Cello Suite is Yo-Yo Ma. And I was like, wait, First Cello Suite? <laughs> so somehow. <laughs> and you confused me because I we hadn't done that song and how long i can't even remember how long ago it was so the lyrics that you threw in afterward the quoted stuff threw me off but (laughs) so i sent i sent justin a (laughs) link to uh uh a chorus fm link to stream a song and what's funny is i searched for and found the song first cello suite but when you pull it up on uh chorus it's like the uh, Johann Sebastian one of nine yeah Johann Sebastian Bach one of nine cello suites right and then I so I sent him the link and I put uh I know I'm late what I do know you I'm care? late you what do you care and uh and so uh yeah just out of nowhere with no context <laughs> no right just in foggy <laughs> brain exactly um, morning <laughs> so uh so from the song for those that weren't in the text thread with Justin and I thinking that's all which we talked about on that episode. I believe we said, I should have pulled up the audio clip, but you can go back and listen. I believe we theorized like, oh, this is somebody's like, they're going to a, a cello recital and it's their first one and they're right. mi- and they're and they're late for it. <laughs> yeah, right. <I> know. <laughs> and it's a goddamn Bach yeah. track. Um, so uh, as we are wont to do, you immediately said, oh, I'm sure it makes for a terrible uh, <laughs> rave DJ. Rave DJ yeah. And I was like, so we're doing it yep. then, right? Uh-huh. And so I did... Do a mashup with the Yo-Yo Ma and uh, Static Prevails yes. you know, album version of Thinking That's All. It's not good only because Yo-Yo Ma uh, plays with such passion. He's not playing to a click. Right. Each movement has its own tempo. You're kind of like ebbing and flowing and all of those things. However, I did find this guy that's playing 
the first cello suite. I, I I wanted to find like a punk rock version of it, like with the no effects punk beat, like, you know, the double time right. punk drums. <laughs> and I didn't, but I found this guy that's doing it and he is playing to a, uh, not a click, but a drum track. So I mixed that up with thinking that's all. And goddamn, if it doesn't work, so <laughs> just play this a little Andreas bit This is Andreas Vakrat, that's Martin Motini. There's a, well, <laughs> that's the rave DJ name, but yeah. <laughs> all right, here we go. Let's listen to this. Oh, this does work. Like, it's a little dissonant. Yeah, but yeah. The, but the changes are on, on yeah. point. Oh, look at the bass, dude. He had the, like, can you put the uh, the fan on me? There it, there it is, is, baby. Kurt Cobain voice. I love that we can see each other yeah, like air drumming now. <laughs> Ooh. We just got to the, the final boss, David. You know what? Okay, the bassist in the top right, I don't know if you remember what he looks like. Vaguely. In between sessions like this, he's actually going to come back and ask us what we want for dessert at Macaroni Grill. (laughs) (laughs) Scream it, Jim. Black uh, button-up with a white tie. Ooh. It's so insane. (laughs) David, give me the controller. Give me the controller. Hold on. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, David. Okay. Um Okay. It was like Mega um, Man. I'd taken off my glasses. My eyes my eyes are watering. My- David, okay, I need you to I, my eyes are really watering. Can you watch the video? David, okay. watch the video. Okay. I don't know why my eyes went here. Look at the guy in red pants top left. All right. Okay. Look at his pants. My eyes are watering. <laughs> look at him toward Do the I end. Do need to go to a certain point uh, in the uh, video? Go toward the end. Go to like go to the last like thirty seconds. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> oh, I've got an ad. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Why do I have an ad? I have YouTube I, Premium. We're in rave DJ David. I'm crying here. Um, <laughs> like sad crying. Do you see what I'm seeing? Well, no. I'm I'm listening to like. A uh, late '90s Sting track in this ad. Okay, I'm jumping to the last 30 seconds okay, please. here. Please. Oh shit, <laughs> dude. <laughs> this homie, dude, homie is smuggling. <laughs> did you watch I mean, um, Orange Is the New Black? <laughs> yes, I did. Remember beer cans? Yeah, <laughs> his nickname. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, you think he did this on purpose? He's looking at himself on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. That, <laughs> now, oh, now I want to go to this this man's uh, YouTube page in the comment section. Oh my god! Uh, I'm I'm going to close out the window. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. 
No, I'm not seeing anything. Not near the top. Somebody said put it on 1.5 playback speed, and that was heavy as fuck. Highly recommend. That's good. Okay. Uh, yeah, not a lot of comments on this. What is this? This is uh, October 3rd, 2014, 21,569 views. That's pretty good. Martin Motnik, Bach Cello Suite 1 Prelude, rock version, fretless bass and guitar, Andreas Vokrod and Martin Motney. Vokrod. That's what he's got in his <laughs> pants. Um, somebody said speed times 2.0 and volume in 100%. Oh, yeah. Wow, squared. Now, you know what, Justin? Will you play it? Because we can't play it in double speed in uh, in uh, Watch Together, but will you play it double speed? In YouTube? On on the YouTubes. Are you going to upload it? Oh, no. We'll just listen to it right here. We'll do it live. I, oh, uh, let me send you the, the link to the Yeah, original. hit me. I went back into our chat to find it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's right here, man. Can't you see it? There we go. All right, here we go. Thank you. Although I wonder if we can play that speed. <laughs> Not quite the double time punk drums I wanted, but it's intense. Definitely the uh, final boss music. That is oh, totally. that is final boss worthy. Boop, boop, boop. All right. And finally, we're going to voice.google.com. Yep. Because we've got a uh, a listener weighing in on uh, on some recently discussed topics on the show. Uh, This is that's somebody calling about Precision Auto. I need to go to our text messages. Matt Schlosser coming in. Yeah. Um, Hey, dudes, some insight on why the scarlet letter is so wordy. Simply put, writers at at that time often got paid by the word, so literature from then is usually obnoxiously verbose. Moby Dick suffers from the same flaw. The first three pages are Ishmael explaining why he's suddenly (laughs) drawn to the sea, and it keeps going from there. He often explains the same thing over and over again with different adjectives. That is incredible to know. And not surprising at all, right? At least, and I should mention that Matt Schlosser is our listener who had worked on the OverDrive um, product, which Libby is based on. Um, so Matt Schlosser, the linguist of the pod, or the yeah, uh, what's a book person? Yeah, um, uh, a librist. <laughs> <laughs> librist also, also like really into uh, astrology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but thank you, Matt Schlosser. That is yeah. incredible. I, I did have to nope out of that book. Um, what did I do? I read, uh, um, what am I in the middle of? Oh, some Jordan Peterson book that's really boring. I'm reading it for work. So um, not all that interesting. Anyway, any other housekeeping you have? I have a couple things that are going to hold off. What next else? Week. Nope. Both things you've covered on Matt Schlosser Sweet. and First Cello Suite. So the song is Love Never. Uh, which is a Richard E. Birch track from the Love Never Half Heart 7-inch. Um, the Also was on Surviving and the Phoenix Sessions for Surviving. I didn't write the track number down. I don't know. It's somewhere in the middle. It's um, 8 out of 10, thank actually, you very, toward the uh, end. Yeah, I skipped that whole, I don't know <laughs> how or why I skipped that, but I just never put the track number. Uh, the Love Never Half Heart 7-inch came out uh, May 4th, 
uh, May the 4th, January, February, March, April, May, yeah, May 4th, uh, 2018, and Surviving came out October 18th, 2019, produced by JMJ and the band, recorded at Unit 2. Um, I also have that Surviving was recorded at East West Studios, but I think this was, what's interesting, yeah, uh, Shay JMJ, East West, and Unit 2, but we know, and we'll talk about it, that Love Never was recorded uh, by the band at Unit 2 and produced by JMJ, and the same instrumentation appears on Surviving, but is mixed um, by a different set of yeah. folk. So it's the same instrumentation that's played. Um, so that take that. We'll investigate uh, that very uh, with us, yeah. deeply. Uh, written by the band, singer is Jim, featuring no one. Uh, here, it's another one of those licensed to RCA records. Phonographic copyright is exotic location recordings. Copyright right. exotic location recordings distributed by Sony Music Entertainment. Um, uh, the original version I have uh, as the quote-unquote demo, I guess, uh, which is the seven-inch version. Uh, the band has played it 105 times, and Jim has played it once. Uh, Jim played it April 3rd, 2020 at the Rebel Lounge. Now, that's interesting because technically that would have been like one of the band's acoustic shows, but I guess sure. it's techni- it was just technically Jim. Anyway, the first time they played it in concert was May 4th, 2018 at the Shaky Knees Festival. So that was the day that the uh, album or that the seven inch had come out. They played at the shaky knees festival. And then most recently they played it January 15th at the ice house in Phoenix for the Phoenix sessions, Uh, notable high notes of a four and G sharp four notable low note of E three. There are 23.8 thousand listeners uh, scrabbled on last FM, 103.5 scrabbles of the track, 27 of which are from me. How many do you have? I was surprised 82. Nice. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the ones that at, when I did the search for it, Shazam came up again, which has, has shown up uh, once or twice in the past. 19,225 Shazams for Love Never. Oh. Very surprising to me. That's cool. I like that metric. Uh, compared to, let's say, the Authority song, which was 34,000. So it's pretty high up there. Yeah, interesting. Um, it's an E major key, 12B Camelot, 134 BPM, 254 duration. And with that, I suppose we can get into the lyrics now. Yeah. Here, I've got the original lyric video that the band did on their own We ha- that I can reference. Um, I can also reference the old mix that is listed on uh, Genius. That's how the original version is titled or i could even reference the lyric video uh that was released when the album was being uploaded to youtube or even the liner notes so i have all kinds of places to reference i'm sure you probably pulled from genius or something i did so check me if i'm mistaken on any of all these right, i'll go off the old mix lyrics so okay yeah we can this is going to be old mix. in that way i'm going to break these down uh the verses in half so we'll just do a couple of lines at a time the track is love never uh, this is how it goes. Love ain't never been your friend. Love never gonna hear what you're demanding. And I think this is saying love isn't gonna bend backwards for you. It's not gonna be nice to you. There will be no persuading love. You have no power here. You have no power here. <laughs> is what I think What with this whole thing. is like, They're talking about love. Love is this thing that you're never going to tame. It's a wild horse. Up in the you know, up on the plains that you're gonna try and ride and you're never gonna tame it. 
So love ain't never been your friend. Love never going to hear what you're demanding. Love's, love's been around a lot longer than you have. So you're nothing special when it, you come into this game of love. Second half is love ain't some magical thing. Love never going to be the way you're dreaming. And I think Jim's saying here, love don't come easy. It's not this magical thing you can simply hold in your hand. It's not a fairy tale. It is raw. And uh, four lines that start with love and just the every time That's a good he's, point. Yeah. He's, just, he's just saying love ain't going to be your friend. Never going to hear what you're demanding. And it's not magical. It's not going to be the way you're dreaming really hammering home the fact that love is nothing that you're ever going to have a hold of. So setting us up for the chorus here, which goes thusly, it's gonna seem so far, it's gonna feel so hard. And I think yeah. this is this is Jim saying, you've got to work hard to make a relationship work. And from the I did the I did the annotations first. So when I went back to song meetings and we did the video stuff and you and I watched that video to <laughs> we watched it separately but together. I, I think we all had this this collective resolution of that you've got to work hard to make a relationship work. The road is long and it's going to be difficult at times. Yeah. So that's essentially what he's saying here with it. it's gonna seem so far, it's gonna feel so hard. Until you want, and I love the the way that the chorus and the actual chords underneath go into this second half here. Until you want the work more than the reward. Do you want the work more than the reward? It's almost, the, it's that reiteration of the same phrase, but asking yeah. that question now. It's like, like when you're teaching, and I'm, I'm looking at students, and I say, um, you're going to want to get the move tool out so you can press uh, Apple V. Or you can press Control V, and then I ask them the question, "Why do you want to get the Move tool out?" And it's it kind of sets them all at their attention, and they go, right. Ooh, "Oh, I don't know, uh, because I want to be able to click and drag the layer, yeah. right?" So uh, until you want the work more than the reward, and then at the end, there, he's he's calling cut to action. Everyone that's listening, do you want the work more than the reward? If you're in this for the long haul. If you're willing to put in the time and effort, then it will be worth it to you. Who knows how long it will take when you're going to get what you want out of it. Do you th- and, and don't think in the end that the the end it, it's the means more than the end in this situation. It's not like we're not justifying anything. It's actually getting there. You're not going to, if you keep trying for the end, you're just going to continuously be searching for this this uh reward that's never going to come. So by having your mind set on the work instead of the reward, that's what's important with this. And uh, verse two, just a couple of lines that came back from verse one, love ain't some magical thing. Love never going to be the way you're dreaming. The chorus then goes back again, but this time, the third line, actually fourth line this time, uh, after until you want the work more than the reward we have one new line. Until you stop asking, and in quotes I have here, oh, what is it all for? And I think this is Jim responding to potential blowback arguments or simply not getting what you want. Let's say you have an argument and you just want to give up. Take the easy way out, right? You just want to say, I'm done. I'm out of this thing. If you want to love, if you want love to work out, then you can't have that attitude. Be strong and stay the course and it will be worth it in the end. And uh, no bridge in this song. I don't have anything labeled as a bridge, but I do There's have... an instrumental bridge, but... Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we know. Yeah, we're very familiar with that bridge. So a non-lyrical bridge, and then it goes back into the chorus, but this time a little bit different. So the first time we hear the chorus, we hear, it's going to seem so far. It's going to feel so hard. But this time, the chorus goes, it's going to seem so hard. It's going to feel so hard. So definitely reiterating the whole hard aspect of this. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be an uphill climb. It's not going to be easy. It's going to look daunting. You will experience pain. Don't give up. It's all about patience and persistence. And in the end, you're going to look back on maybe you do find a reward in the end. Like 30, 40, 50 years down the road, you get to that uh, that anniversary and you realize, hey, we got here. You weren't, at, by the end, hopefully you're not looking toward that 50-year anniversary. You're looking more toward all of those years that led up to that point. And that's what really makes, uh, that's what should ring as important to you instead of just that end point. You're not, you're not working to the end. You're working for the means to get to that point. Yeah. Which is a cool song. I like this. And uh, I had the idea listening to it the first time. It's a it's a killer track for yeah. being toward the end of this album, but never really looked at it as this closely. So seeing it at this level was um, it was it was a, a very fulfilling uh, moment for me. Yeah, there you have it. So that's all the lyrics from top to bottom. All the oh, different there it is. You know, I just noticed a note that I made for myself yeah. is that the Phoenix Sessions version of the track. So this is E major, 12 BK a lot, 134 BPM, 254. Phoenix Session is C sharp minor, 12 A Camelot. So it's a uh, one click of the Camelot wheel. Uh, is it a half step down? I guess that makes sense looking at the Camelot wheel. So that's but the second track. E, but that's weird. Why uh, C sharp minor? How is E major? Wait, say that again. So uh, this 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 uh, song was album in, version is E major. Yeah. Phoenix Sessions version is C sharp minor. Now that doesn't make sense. It just sounds like it's right? it's, it's it's so uh, C sharp minor is the relative minor of E major. So I think they just they just labeled it wrong. It's the same key. Uh, well, what's interesting is the Camelot though is different. 12B versus 12A. Well, I, mean, I imagine it is because they're thinking that they're thinking that the key is in C sharp minor when it's actually in E major, which is the same. It's gonna, uh, I guess it's not gonna be the same chords, but C sharp. I think what they're doing is that that's such a glaring difference in chords that I don't think it. Maybe they would go half a step down, right? But yeah, which would be trying to get some uh, good. D. So 12A is D flat minor, and 12B is E major. Right. That makes more sense. Right. So D flat yeah. would make more sense because I think, what, do you remember which track it was? I know I'm, I'm kind of pulling this out of the air. <laughs> Recently, we talked about another Phoenix Sessions track where Jim right. went one, like half step or a full step down. And I don't know if it was a surviving track or if it was. It was surviving. It I'm was surviving. It up right now. Right. So I think it was th this delivery. would make sense. Okay. Delivery. Yeah. It makes sense because he. I, playing these live, I, I feel like he would go down half a step. When you're recording, it's a little bit different to be in the studio. Right. But so I don't, I don't agree with the C sharp minor thing. I think it's still. I, he may have sang this no, one. Yeah, in like key. this Camelot wheel I'm looking at right now has C. I'm, uh, I'm trying to find C sharp minor on here. I don't see it even on here. I mean, it should I see be C a, minor, which is a five A Camelot. Yeah, it should be a thing, but 
I just don't think it makes sense in this context because it's it's so it's so off of where right. the originating key is. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, you know, tune back can't always be right. <laughs> right. And maybe it was just it was misannotated. Who knows? Yeah. So anyway, that is okay. uh that is a little note that I had made for myself. Um, I've got all kinds of things, I guess. Um, let's talk about, let's, let's first get in the band's own words. So when rock sound had them on their YouTube channel, they did a track by track breakdown of all the tracks on surviving. This one is no different at eight 59 on this video. I will, uh, let's take a listen to what Jim and Tom have to say. What's up you guys. Oh, Jim. What's funny is I can now hear the latency between us and uh Oh yeah. <laughs> our, yeah, so I'm gonna turn it's so clear. Down my watch together. Here we go. But for some reason that's difficult and I thought that was interesting. Love Never is about the um uh maybe unhealthy expectations <laughs> we have for relationships to complete us. Was that Jerry Maguire, I think, where he says, like, you complete me. Like that's wrong. That's totally that's totally I'm thinking wrong. Of the tumbler. Look how Tom to, is looking at Jim. Um, <laughs> until you until you want to contribute the, the live journal, the LJ. Back, oh, that's it. Like, yeah. You're always going to be disappointed. Uh, you know, recommit is about that. All right. Well, there it is. <laughs> Not much to say about it. Not much. Um, Other uh, than so, he did reference Jerry Maguire, which you know what I I haven't seen the film. Neither have I. Addison oh, gets so mad at me that I haven't seen it. But, All right. Uh, well, I think that we're just normal people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's look at, let's do a live look at the video, the original lyric video that they did themselves um, because it's so cool. Um, I don't know if this is on YouTube anymore, but we have it on our thing. So I'm going to send this to you unless you know it's on YouTube. Let it is look. on YouTube because I oh. used it for a couple Will of my radio. Will you put it onto the. Uh, yeah, sure. They'll watch together. Yeah, I only copied their Google Drive version. Sure thing. So this is and there's uh one of my favorite. Can you guess the Easter egg that I really liked in this video? <laughs> no, I can't. What was okay. it? Okay, uh, well, I'll I'll point it out when we get there. Okay, here we go. So I'm gonna copy this and then pop. So this in. will be in the YouTube playlist that is in the show notes. I didn't notice it, and, and maybe I missed it because it was in my rave DJs. Oh right, maybe. I only oh see no this is a different version. Are you sure? This is the album version. So this okay. is the album version. All right. So All I'm right. gonna send you this. <laughs> this is okay. the one I used, yes. Okay. But this is the one we want to look at because this is the uh seven inch lyric video that they did themselves. Oh okay. In the this studio. is not I'm sorry. Yeah, this is not definitely not. Okay, I saw this one. And this actually has uh the thumbnail of this has the Easter egg that I love. Okay. Um, the Pop Disaster Tour? That's it. There it is. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. Because this version of the song is wiped from the internet, <laughs> um, that's probably why this got pulled. Demanding on three separate yeah. cards. 
I noticed they didn't have a ring or a uh, nest thermostat. <laughs> B. I love this. This is so cute. It's so endearing. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess because this is not on the internet, no one knows what we're looking at. So this is them at Unit 2 walking around, and they've handwritten yeah. all of the lyrics on all of the... Uh, They're little cards, right? Yeah. It's like basically so here's a the Pop poster Disaster board. Tour program. I've lost your feed, or you muted it. I Well, I paused it. Oh. <laughs> Did you want me to keep playing? Oh, yeah, I was still watching it. All right, here we go. Okay, okay. All right, here we go. I'll keep playing it. Now we're walking by a bunch of bikes. Yeah. Looks like a workbench. Oh, this is so cool. There it is. Pop Disaster Tour. Jimmy at World. This is the type of thing that you do at work when you're supposed to be doing something oh, else. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know. This seems like. Are you cataloging what I all of these these uh, UPCs? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right on it. I'm getting right on it. <laughs> <laughs> you can see their shoe prints on reward. Like how yeah, many I times know, they've walked so past it. <laughs> I love the shot of the guitar for the solo. <laughs> is it the JA90? Did I get it right That's this right. time, David? That's right. Yeah. J50. That's some BS. Oh, candlelight. I yeah, love man. this. I love all this tape, man. Is yeah, that gaffy so good, tape? All that gaff. <laughs> oh man, they even have a lava lamp too. Oh yeah. And there's the layout. Oh, sick! Look at that. Final seventy-five NGL JP. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So and uh, um. Yeah, the Pop Disaster Tour is my favorite little detail. Where's all my notes here? Uh, there was somebody who... Um, oh, the art direction is by Jim. So that's why we're seeing it uh, laid out there. Um, and he also mixed that version of the track. So we're, we both listened to the quote-unquote demo and watched the lyric video in that. Uh, the album version is mixed by Ken Andrews. And uh, Ken Andrews is from Failure, I want to say. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm pulling up his uh, discography page. Okay. Uh, Secrets of the Lost Satellite uh, and What's Coming and Secret Things. So, yeah. American musician, singer, songwriter, and record producer. He was born June 18th, 1967 in Seattle, Washington, currently based in Los Angeles was married to Charlotte Martin from 2005 to 2017, the founder of Dinosaur Fight Records. Failure on Replicants, Digital Noise Academy, The Wonder Girls, Year of the Rabbit, 
those are the groups that he is associated with. Right. Now, uh, we don't often have opportunities where we're given clear access to an original version, which uh, Jim has put together, and then we have the version that was put onto the album with uh, yes. Justin Melger Johnson has put together. So ah. I sent you a yes. screenshot right, of two different sets of waveforms. Very uh, cool. Yeah. And I'm going to go through, I guess now's a good opportunity for us to listen to this. I know that, unfortunately, I, th- I think it's going to route it to, like, maybe one mono channel for you. So you That's might okay. Have I'll, I'll survive. Yeah, right. So there's some very cool differences in this. And, it okay, let's just look at this from, uh, we'll, we'll take it from a producer talking to a, a classroom here. What's cool is that you've stacked the waveforms here. So this is even further proof that it's the exact same instrumentation. Exactly. Um, We're given the same instruments. There's just two people at the helm that are going to be essentially exporting this track for us to listen to. And to kind of preface this whole thing, Jim's version, when I sent you this, the waveforms, uh, if you could imagine a waveform, it basically takes up a, an area of space and when that waveform goes beyond that area of space it's Mm. it's essentially what you and i refer to as like a brick like it's like a brick yeah there's no there's no waveform to it yeah it's a lot of in this case blue um and so in jim's version you see a lot of that it's the same tracks but jim kind of just said let's turn everything up to a 10 and brought that in, and at, you know, for somebody that that's leading a band that's putting together this music, of course they're going to be putting something that they feel represents the sound that they're they're trying to uh, get from this track. JMJ, on the other hand, though, and you can clearly see this; this is very visible. JMJ took everything, and Ken Andrews, yeah, and Ken Andrews took this down and essentially take it took it from a brick and brought it to where you can see every single, yeah, every pixel. peak is. Tickling the, tickling the the right. edge of yes. the frame, I guess. And the beauty of this is that this allows for more room for them to make certain instruments more prominent. And when we get into the, when we get into the community pro, uh, the part of our program here, we'll talk about some of the the listeners that have said, oh, you know, this sounds a lot more bass forward. And in fact, I think that Jim's version is way more bass forward, which we'll listen to when we kind of bounce back and okay, forth. Okay, cool. Yeah, but. There's so much more room for Justin Melger Johnson to throw to to make that more prominent. That it uh, by taking Jim down, by taking the guitars down, it actually makes the bass a little bit Less more. Less is more. Yep, exactly. So I'm going to refer to this. I'm going to try. I did this before you you signed on. I tried this. It's a little bit of a uh, uh, acrobatic work with my fingers <laughs> here, kind of skipping back. Audacity does not allow me to skip back and forth so that you're going to see a, you're going to hear a little bit of overlap from when I'm jumping from one to the other I'll refer to one as O and one to J so O okay. is going to be the original re- version and then J will be JMJ's um, which makes me also think of uh, I'm not OJ <laughs> if by the way if you've ever if you've ever been to Santa Monica I don't know David have you ever done the tour I'm the OJ tour no I heard it's really cool you can go down there and travel uh, on the same route that OJ did, <laughs> and, uh, which is wild. But in a Bronco, right? In a Bronco, in a yeah. white Bronco. Yeah, nonetheless. So we'll listen to this. I'll, I'll try and keep it to where I'm not jumping back and forth, but we'll listen to uh, both tracks. And there are some instances where I'll leave 
the original version in because you'll hear a very distinct difference in this. So let's just jump in. Um, let me just, let me track, let me do this one more time. Practice. Okay, this is gonna be here. It's it's basically holding down shift and going US or SU. Okay, <laughs> SU, dude. SU. All right, here we go. This is both of them. So I'll jump to the original version first, and you'll hear a lot more echo and reverb in Jim's voice here. Very echoey. Yeah. Go to the J Arena. Yeah. Very reserved. Back to the J. Oh, yeah. I hear the clarity in Rick's bass here. Yeah. Oh. Harder to tell in the in the chorus. All right, we'll jump back to the O real quick. It's a lot more bass in this to me, but it's not clear. It's like he's just right, it's very exactly. muddy. You don't hear the tone. Yeah. So we'll go to the J version in a sec. Yeah, you can hear the bounce yeah. of the string in the bass. Yep. This is the, what I love about Hoppus's bass tone. Yeah, you can very much hear him walking up and down. Yeah. Oh. So it's just too, it's a little bit too much. It's still rocking, though. All right, we'll go to the J version before we go to the solo. So I like the solo in the original version that Jim put together. There's a lot more pieces that I think Jim left in for special reasons. So here's the original. Way more pulled back here in Jay's. Back to the O. Kind of tell the difference, man. I'm gonna end it on the O here. This is the J. Back to the O. There's these harmonies that Jim has in here. Yeah, so good. You know what I noticed is the JMJ has a um, has a synth that uh, when that when the song sucks back after yeah. the guitar solo, there's a synth that sort of like carries into that quiet. Yeah. Uh, that I don't think is in Jim's version, because um, I think we were on the JMJ version at that time. Yeah, you can. Yeah, and you can definitely hear different. I didn't notice that one, but you can you can definitely hear different. Approaches. I wonder if I caught that frequency over Skype. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that was the I, one that came over. Yeah. You get one channel, and that was the one, that, and that was the sound <laughs> yeah. that came over in that. Totally. <laughs> so 
So there you have it. That's back and forth of those two Yeah, versions. that was great. I enjoyed that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so there is an official lyric video. That was the one you, you had started to play where the uh, where the little, it's it reminds me of Snake on the old Nokia phones yeah. where you're going through the maze of the surviving artwork and it's just timed out to the length of the song and yeah. highlights the words as they yeah. come up. So it's very cool. I think I prefer the DIY version in the studio, but yeah, um, pretty cool. <laughs> it looked cooler. Um, this is cool. It's listed on the vinyls hype sticker. And you know me, I love to talk about the hype stickers. Um, but uh, technically, according to Jimmy Eat Wiki, it was, I mean, we there is a Love Never single artwork. So it is a single. Um, and uh, uh, I think you, I assume you found this artwork, but I'll share it with you. Yeah, hit me with that. Oh, is it not letting me drag it to messages? That's, oh, here we go. I just got to drag it to the right spot. Technology, man. Come on, you dumb shit. Here we go. <laughs> so that's the Love Network. Ne- Love Never artwork is very Depeche Mode. Um, that's a Joyce. Oh, yeah, a, yeah. That's a reference for Joyce. Uh, but it is. It's very <laughs> It's very Depe- Depeche Mode, this uh, this artwork. Um, I thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, and so, yeah, technically a single. And it did chart uh, in some ways. Let me see if I can find the chart info. It's a, I mean, it's a, it's a banger down. Yeah. So I expect, Uh, oh, here it is. Here it is. Love never achieved some airplay appearing on the billboard alternative and rock airplay charts. Um, this is interesting because it's a single, there's no official video for this. And did you see any information and discourse about the video drama? Uh, No. What was the, what was the problem with it? In an interview with the ringer, Zach Lind admits they've had music video clips for this song that got canned because they couldn't nail the concept. They probably seemed like good ideas when they were presented to the band. But drummer Zach Lind admits they've had clips for sure and certain and love never that got canned because they couldn't nail the concept. After paying for two videos that ended up in the scrap heap, Lind figures, fuck it. It can't get any worse, so it's understandable that they blindly let frontman Jim Adkins run with his idea for their single 555, um, which is great. And then I found some archive tweets, because these did not show up in my research for Zach, um, on a very, look at the shady <laughs> Twitter archive site. It's like half of it is written in like Sanskrit or something. <laughs> Um, but it says seeing some confusion about love. Never. It has not been re-recorded. It's just been remixed by the mighty Ken Andrews who mixed the entire album. Jim mixed (laughs) the original released version, but literally the same performances and recording. Uh, the mailing list email says a newly recorded version of love. Never might not be helping the confusion says Gala field. Uh, and Zach says, yeah, it's a new way we are trying to create hype through a little confusion, says Zach. Uh, and Neil replies, good tactic. Can't listen to the new version either way in the UK at the moment. But All The Way Stay is a cracking tune. C-H-O-O-N. Very future sounding, which is never a bad thing. Can't wait to hear the rest of the album. Um, it's so strange. And somebody yeah. said, who does Jim think he is? Some kind of producer? <laughs> Says Dixon, dicks off, Dixon, Dixon, dicks off. That's great. Um, 
And uh, is the new music going to replace the original single version or will it stay the same? As we will see, the original version is apparently nowhere to be found anywhere on yeah. the internet. Uh, just want to say new tracks sound great. Can't wait to hear the album. Many thanks and all the best, says Gav. Yeah, I miss this profile picture. It's not the first time that you and I have seen uh, right, Zach in drag. Oh, it's not the dude. It, yeah, but he kind of looks like the dude. <laughs> he does kind of look like the dude. Yeah. Definitely a wig of sorts, though. Yeah. <laughs> not Zach's yeah. first wig. Yeah, we gotta do. We gotta talk about the yeah, times we've seen we do, Zach yeah. in drag. <laughs> we have to figure out a way to do it. Yeah, we gotta do it. But the there right will be way. a Patreon episode soon. Yes, and it includes <laughs> pictures of Zach and drag. Um, <laughs> a teaser. A teaser. All right. Uh, okay, so that was uh, that was interesting. The archive tweets. The yeah. seven inch announcement on the website. Uh, so I found the Wayback Machine version of the website. When this got announced, it says, Lots going on today. While we're psyched to be kicking off our tour later this afternoon, we also wanted to share with you what we've been up to in our studio. Today, we have two new songs for you, Love Never and Half Heart, available online or as limited edition 7-inch in our store. And that was the copy that they wrote on their website back in 2018 when they released the 7-inch. Okay. Uh, what kind of track notes do you have? I have five different articles where they uh, they Ooh. talk about this. So first one was Wall of Sound, Australia. 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 Yeah, this was uh, October 19th, 2019 by Tamara May in album reviews with one comment at the bottom. But she goes on to say, the band's leading single for this album definitely threw me off a little. At first listen, All the Way Stays sounds like a real cheesy tune you'd hear in the, an Outback pub, which I'd love to visit, by the way. <laughs> but the more you listen to it, the more you start to hear Jimmy World's former pop punk selves, whilst also realizing that, damn, I am slash these guys are old as fuck now. And eventually, <laughs> uh, feel your feet tapping to the beat. The gritty guitars on Diamond continue that blues country rock vibe throughout Surviving. And it's songs like this that convince you that Jimmy World's still have the ability to write iconic rock choruses. Love never feels and sounds like that nostalgic emo rock era we ne we will never grow out of. I have a pretty strong feeling that this song is going to be enjoyed by the masses as the band's next underrated hit. Nice. I very much agree with that. Uh, kind words there for that yeah. track. Uh, next one, Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. <laughs> the talking, Stone. They are talking about the uh, joyous, quote, unquote, joyous Tiny Desk concert, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. Because Robin looks like he was just sunbathing and didn't wear any sunblock at all. <laughs> or just being Robin. I don't know. And living yeah. out in uh, Arizona. It's been 20 years since Jimmy World's breakthrough clarity. But the band is quietly releasing music that stands up to its endearing early emo rock. An example. Love Never, a song that was released as a 7-inch in 2018, which the band, frontman Jim Adkins, touring multi-instrumentalist, Robin Vining and percussionist Zach Lind opened with during its recent appearance on NPR's Tiny Desk Concerts. Um, with manic energy, big harmonies, and a message about consequences of love, the song could have been on 2001's Bleed American, but the band didn't take the performance too seriously. It ends with Lind dramatically hitting a gong. I'm sure you and I are going to listen to that when it comes time, but I just love how you can watch Zach. In fact, my my eyes go to Zach the whole time for that performance because it almost you want yeah. him to do something, and then the last fifteen seconds of it, and you can tell that it's his moment to shine, and yeah. he gets his little gong, the NPR gong out with his mallet, and and tamps. 
Wow. <laughs> it's beautiful. It reminds me that that moment always reminds me of um remember the dashboard confessional MTV unplugged performance? Yeah. Um uh, all of them. There is a there is a moment cuz Chris is playing all by himself for the first couple tracks and then uh uh he's playing um something from the so impossible ep uh what song is it let me look up i can't i don't uh i guess it's oh god let me just listen to these (laughs) so impossible i don't know if i know that one (gasps) so the so impossible ep is Susie and my song because it tells one story it's four songs that tell one story. You definitely know. Uh, yeah. Well, this is the version of Hands Down that I first heard. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's the one. So, um, but yeah, let me see. Uh, oh, uh, she told me she liked it. Well, it might be for you to notice. Let's see. Okay. Uh, anyway, he's playing for you to notice. Uh, and and he says, uh, I try my blue shirt. She told me she liked it once. And when he says once, the drummer walks out, uh, Mike Marsh. And he hits the bell on the ride and then walks back off stage. <laughs> and it reminds me of that moment with Zach. <laughs> Drummers got to do their thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And he gets an applause, uh, Mike does, when he walks out, hits the bell, and then walks back off stage. Because the band hasn't come out at that point. Right. Um, but yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I'm sure they got a spotlight on Chris. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, like... dude. Hold on. Now I'm going to. Uh, let me pull it up. We should pull that up and then pull up the Zach Lind uh, gong. Yeah. Because <laughs> Zach's face is so I know, priceless. He, I know. He's <laughs> he's happy, but he's reserved. Yeah. He, <laughs> I think he's in disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. They don't have, like, the video version. Let me see. They have, like, the audio, like, the YouTube audio version, but they sure. don't have... I can go to, like, Daily Motion and, like... There's all these random ones, so let me go up to the... Let me just find this. Uh, <laughs> everyone's listening to the show anyway. Sure. No, this isn't it. I'm going to have to give you some markers on this one, baby. Well, do you want me to... I'll, I'll continue. You keep looking. I'm going to keep talking. I've yeah. got a couple more places to go. So I've got WBGO.org from May 4th. Never heard of it. 28, me neither. <laughs> May 4th, 2018. But I got to tell you, this is very NPR. At the top, it says 88.3 FM, WBGO.org. Um, at the time that I loaded this, which was probably an hour ago, yeah, they were playing Kind of Blue by Miles Davis uh-huh. on the Freddie Freeloader album. And uh, so they've got the live playing of this. So th- this is a uh, this is a station slash web page. NPR Music, Jimmy World, Ever Polished, returns with Love Never and Half Heart by Lars Gotrick. Yeah. The thing that separates Jimmy World from most of its peers is the recognition of time past. Embracing what its fans love, but bringing them along for the ride, you can hear that subtle evolution in records like Futures and Integrity Blues, where themes about love and individuality take on different shades, as does the songwriting. The band has a new pair of songs that continue that thread. There's Love Never, an energetic power pop bop 
Love it. That stress is the hard work of love. Narratively, a far cry away from I'm taking my kiss, kisses back. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and in classic B-side fashion, Half Heart turns introspective. What a great song. I know. Which in its acoustic-driven dreaminess oh, almost recalls Clarity's quieter moments. I, you can't not say it like that. I'm taking yeah. my kisses back. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> That's so good. How do you not? All right, so the song is. Oh, or did you finish that? That was it. Uh, that was it. Okay, great. Man. Yeah. The song is uh, "Remember to Breathe," which I'm embarrassed to say is the song that Susie walked down to. Not embarrassed to say that that's what she walked down to, but the fact that I forgot that. Yeah, that was eh, it happens. We had a we had a buddy come out and play the the main riff, which is basically the same riff throughout the whole song, um, and that's what she walked down the aisle to. But jump to 105 in this video, okay. and. All right. uh, and we can watch Mike walk out, hit the bell, and then walk off. <laughs> All right, here we go. Yeah. Here he comes. <laughs> That's the Zachlin moment, dude. <laughs> Chris smirking at ass. I yeah. love it. Oh, it's so good. Oh, so good. So now, uh, just, uh, I want to just see Zach hit the hit the yeah. Gong, okay. So all right, I cue that up and right, I'll, I'll find that and then right. uh, you. Read I will the next continue. Article. So here we go. The next one: StereoGum.com. Jimmy yeah. World, Love Never and Half Heart, May Fourth, Twenty Eighteen, by Tom Bryhan. Ah, today, Jimmy World are about to head out on a months-long international tour, and to mark the occasion, they've dropped a new 7-inch single that features two new songs, Love Never and Half Heart, and again, both of them are good. Of the two, I probably prefer Love Never, a fired-up pop-punk jam that feels even shorter than its three minutes. Its melodic <laughs> pummel shows a side of Jimmy World, those heart-snapping hooks that often get lost when people talk about the band. But the B-side half-heart might be more representative of what people like about the band. It's a grand, searching ballad with acoustic guitars and synths that imitate the sound of grand, sweeping strings. You can listen to both songs below. Stereo gum. Again, very nice words to say. Yeah. Um, so I did find it. I forgot that it. you said it, but I was too uh, caught up in dashboard world, that it was during this song. So when we watch the Tiny Desk version, we'll see him do it. Um, so I do have it queued up just for later. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, last thing that I did want to say was, uh, <laughs> again, uh, alluding to a, a Patreon episode that we may have yeah. in the, in the works here, Christ and pop culture.com. <laughs> Go on to say, Oh, this is definitely happening. Today. This is, we're doing <laughs> this Patreon episode. Is yes. happening. Okay. March 6, 2020. After 25 years, Jimmy world isn't just surviving. Eric Danielson, on Christ and pop culture, a very lengthy blog post here that um, is. So the, this is tied to the YouTube video. I don't no? think so. No, oh, I, this okay. is this so, is the first thing that I came across. Oh, so when I, I didn't came come across, across this at all, I only YouTube saw the video. YouTube video. Yeah, you know what? You got to hold your hands up high when you're when you're reading. <laughs> I want to get that. I want to get that interview so fucking bad. <laughs> I know. Oh my god! Please let him get back to us. <laughs> okay, this is what. <laughs> What was I saying? This Eric Danielson has yeah. to say about this track. It's a very lengthy blog post. 
One of the great love songs in the Jimmy World catalog bears the inauspicious title, Love Never. Over guitars worthy of its breakout, Bleed American Atkins starts on a sentiment that could fit any of the band's past efforts. Love ain't never been your friend. Love never gonna hear what you're demanding. Then he turns the phrase, meeting out the word, trustworthy wounds of a friend. Love ain't some magical thing. Love never gonna be the way you're dreaming. These lines seem to run counter to the very ethos of Jimmy Eat World, yet represents its fulfillment from its first bars. The band sought the true essence of love. Now it found, now it sounds a surprising dispatch from within the eye of the storm. Love will never deliver on promises, Atkins sings, until you want the work more than the reward, until you stop asking, oh, what is it all for? Can I get an amen, David? <laughs> <laughs> so a lot to say about this. I think this, is, this, reached, this reached a lot of <laughs> different cultures, this track. That's I don't great. Know. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a rock song. I love it as a rock song. I was surprised to find it on Christ and Pop Culture. <laughs> a, 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 a blog first for Jimmy Eat Pod, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that was what they had to say about this. Then they go on to talk about uh, expanding on that whole, that the lyricism that uh, Jim yeah. ex- exercises. Uh, I do have two blurbs from Consequence of Sound, and this is from their series that was leading up to the release of Surviving, uh, how Jimmy Eat World is a record and things like that. This is the Jewishness of surviving as jimmy eat world has matured so have their lyrics each album following clarity got more and more serious about its concepts and few have been as cynical and bitter as surviving that said tracks like all the way stay one mill and love never show that adkins still approaches his songs with a heart on sleeve earnestness that will forever classify them as emo even as they've progressed practically to arena rock verdict is the second blurb. Uh-huh. Though uh, though their cultural popularity may never return to the Bleed American Futures glory days, this fir- third or fourth phase of Jimmy Eat World's career is one of their best. Tracks like Surviving and Criminal Energy pound with, well, energy. 555 is adventurous in its deceptive simplicity. Diamond and Love Never are really all the singles uh, are... And really, all the singles are timeless Jew cuts. That chorus on the latter track, it's going to seem so far, it's going to feel so hard until you want the work more than the reward, until you stop asking, oh, what is it all for? Do you want the work more than the reward is just kind of perfect. So that is what (laughs) Consequence of Sound has written. I've got, oh, I didn't make a link to this. That is unfortunate for me <laughs> i made a link they were on a pod a podcast podcast uh, huh? i'm gonna find that do you have any other track notes by any chance uh you know what i'm gonna do i got <laughs> i got my uh my backup here i got some amazon reviews sweet yes. oh i love an amazon i review. love a good amazon review let's talk about love never this is from surviving jimmy at world 4.8 out of 5 uh 498 global ratings i think that's pretty good as far as Amazon's concerned. So it's 84% five-star ratings. Let's see what people have to say. Megan, do you know, is Megan Galding with a, with an H in Megan? I feel like there's an H. I, you know, this might be Megan Galding. What if Megan Galding is a closet <gasps> Jimmy World fan and she just, that's how she gets her, uh, you know, that's how she expresses her love for the band. Uh, Megan has to say, interesting and stylistically diverse album is the title. Ah. <sighs> I've loved every album they put out since Clarity, some more than others. I've very scattered stylistically, but I like Invented. 
but overall, it's probably the hardest album they've recorded since Futures. Hmm. To give an example of its mixed style, I love the use of saxophone at the end of All the Way, but I ne- it never shows up again in the album. There are some interesting percussion and bass lines and congratulations, but it's also a one-off experiment. I will say I do appreciate the band's attempt to experiment with some of the new sounds. I'm not sure as the execution will make this a classic album, but I am sure that these songs will endure. Standouts, Surviving, All the Way, Diamond, Love Never, and Criminal Energy. Sweet. Yeah. I've got my link here. Hit me. Uh, so we've got Us. a couple timestamps to start with. They appeared on Kyle Meredith with, and this is Kyle Meredith with Jimmy Eat World, August 21st, 2018. So uh, a little bit before the album was released. And uh, let's take a listen at 109 when they start to talk about the song in particular. I'm going to cue this up. 109-ish. Here we go. The Star Wars universe is just dropped songs, <laughs> Love Never and Have Hearts. We're going to talk about how writing about love over the course of 25 years can change and what the possible new album timeline might look like for Jimmy Eat World. There's also some discussion of punk rock in political times and that 25th anniversary, especially next year, how they might celebrate the anniversaries of the uh, their first EP and first LP. It's Kyle Meredith with Jimmy Eat World. Well, I want to start out with the uh, with the new singles. Then Let, let's start there because uh, y- you've surprised the world with uh, with love never and and have hearts. Just as I don't know, are yeah. these just one offs? I think so. I mean, we just had a bunch of songs and we have our own studio, so we figured let's just put something out because we can. So it's it doesn't have to be tied to an album this time around. It's just no, I don't think so. I mean. It just sort of depends on what you want to do, I think, for, for, for anybody making music now. Like, there's, there's no rules anymore. Well, I mean, you also came from, uh, I feel like you came from, you know, sort of a, an, a school in the indie scene and the punk scene and everything when it was, you know, the singles were still relevant even in the 90s. Like, you could do the split single. You've got plenty of split singles with friends. Look at Zach's face so, yeah, in this photo. <laughs> as big as a yeah. yeah. No, I guess not. It's, Determined? It's, it's getting back to our roots. Did he fart? Yes. After, after, the, after the shock... <laughs> of the world died down from us releasing it it, it, it we just realized that uh it was getting back to our roots yeah the shock of the world yes you know i, I was looking at this love never half hard i'm like you know i'm assuming we're talking about relationship songs mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. but i mean this is you know that you've you've written relationship songs throughout your, your whole career and i thought i wonder boring. no 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 it's not like that but if it's <laughs> what I, mean is, I wonder if it changes for you like the way you write about love as you get older if you've noticed if that's if there's a difference then maybe the way you would have written about a relationship 10 years ago 20 years ago or, or is it you know the, all the same base emotion yeah no i think it's you find yourself definitely kind of getting more into like the nuances of of everything as you get older you know it's not so much of I think when you're younger you just sort of blurt out what the first thing that comes into your mind and don't really self-analyze don't really like proofread or you know peer edit and it just goes out into the world and you know sometimes like that's genius and sometimes like you wish you could have kind of changed some stuff as you look so I think that's pretty good and then yeah uh, they uh, go on and they uh, I see that love never gets mentioned at 1309 so let's take a look and see what happens at 1309 i don't know if it's gonna be just the uh host sending off the show let's see jim jim adkins jimmy eat world for that conversation right there the new singles yep. love never and half hearts don't for- there it is oh man uh, but kyle meredith is with some consequence of sound so they yeah. really did a big push with consequence of sound 
uh, for this record release because that whole Consequence Sound article is a well I go back to often. Yeah. Um, so uh, that is what I have. Now I have a bunch of tweets. Oh, okay. Um, the first is a band tweet. This is from May 4th, 2018. They posted the video for the lyric video. So that's a place that it's sort of available still. Lots going on today. Ah, it's it's literally all the same copy from the uh, thing. But Angela from Discord. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, she says, beyond happy and pasted a Chuck Norris gif with the thumbs up from one of my favorite movies, Sidekicks, starring Jonathan oh, Brandis. Oh, man. Um, uh, one of my favorite quotes from the movie sidekicks is uh at the big karate tournament at the end <laughs> uh the the bad guy the cobra kai uh team uh the kid can't break the flaming bricks uh they light a bunch of bricks on fire for some reason that was the the big thing and uh <laughs> the the teacher gets so mad the sensei gets so mad he goes i could break it <laughs> which is i don't know why it's so funny but me and my buddies we, well, i can break it anytime something happens like, i can break it <laughs> um so sidekicks oh, jonathan you, brandis uh yeah man that's a sad story october 14th 2019 the lyric video for this was posted it's gonna seem so far ellipses hashtag surviving available friday rocky hand emoji uh rock hand emoji i guess uh but the official love never lyric video is out now watch here and they post to a smart url which i have uh um it's still live actually but it's funny looking at the smart url uh versus like jason's chorus fm finder yeah um now chorus fm links to very specific things that people i feel like actually use whereas this says things like Deezer and Pandora and iHeartRadio like links to listen to the song yeah. this way. Um so yeah, kind of interesting. Um I think Jason did a good job with his Oh name. yeah, he did. Uh Jason was just on a podcast. I gotta hit him back up about coming on here. Um talking Jimmy World. Uh here we are. December 31st, 2018. We'd like to thank our fans for another amazing year. Thanks for checking out our new Love Never slash Half Heart 7-inch. Thanks for coming out to the shows. We are entering our 25th year as a band, and we couldn't and wouldn't be here if you guys weren't listening along and coming out to shows. Wishing everyone out there a happy new year. We're looking forward to kicking the shit out of 2019. Stay tuned. XOXO. You know, I thought of today. What's that? You know, you know, uh, today that we're recording this uh, was Super Bowl and, uh, you know, watching the halftime show, which was terrific. Then going into YouTube and watching a bunch of other random shows, um, sure. uh, halftime shows. And it's like it was in sync and it was like the last halftime show before 9-11, 2001 Super Bowl. And it's like everything that you see before that, it's like, oh, this is a pre 9-11 world. And now it like I don't know, like. I think I'm going to look at everything like a pre-COVID and a post-COVID world. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's kind of a trip. Um, so, yeah. I um, look a lot now, and I, I, especially how, how companies, today especially with commercials, with how companies will portray interactions with customers in their 30-second, 15-second commercial, who wears masks, which I'm okay with either way. I mean, I, I feel like if... If a company what, in touches, what way though? What do you like, mean? let's just say that a company touches on it. Like, let's say they're aware of the fact that customers, 
uh, a restaurant, for example, they'll uh-huh. come up. Like, let's say the server comes up in a mask, but you uh-huh. can't get the same. You can't get that same delivery from the the server in that thirty seconds as you could without. Like, I get it why they're taking the masks off. Plus, it also feels a little bit more. I don't know, like it was in the like yeah, you refer to it the before times. Yeah. But I still understand that I'm hoping that when I go into that establishment, they've got all of their things in order and, and everything's yeah. cool. And like, it, I don't have to worry about that. And I don't, there's not going to like I walk up and I see there's a sign on the door that says masks required or whatever it is, if that's the mandate for the, the yeah. time being. But it's very different. You're, you're you're correct in that. I It's now there was the, the 9-11 thing, which was everything would just seem so sweet and um innocent before and then it changed and now it's like a lot of this there's a lot of protocols in place and like what makes you feel safe in going to a place an establishment and i got a lot of that vibe from the commercials that i watched tonight at at oh interesting yeah i feel like i was sort of in and out unfortunately uh in watching the commercials so i sort of missed a, a lot of it but um i was gonna say uh you guys are you're technically ventura county right yeah so we're, by the time this episode comes out, I believe in two days the mask mandates are being lifted in California, yeah. but I don't know what LA's plan is. Do you know what Ventura County plan is? We like, follow you guys are, LA. You follow us, right? Yeah. So yeah. Whatever you guys decide, we well, do. I don't know, man. Whatever yeah. you guys say. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. 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 Here's the, here, here are my whole thing. If the numbers are down, fucking let's get yeah. back to normal. I get, if, I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah. If the numbers ain't there, man, what's the... Uh, yeah right who who are we satisfying yeah i can't wait though i know me Uh, too man it feels good it feels it feels so good like when i when i see a commercial without any any masks in i i like that because it feels to me like it was two and a half most creatives i feel like most creatives want to move past it and not mention it at all like uh uh what was it um and just like that they mentioned that covid had happened but it just doesn't it's it doesn't it's it's not a part of the story right. in any way. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then some things like uh, just don't address it at all. Like Ozark is just not a thing on Ozark, you know? Right. So, right. Uh, anyway, October 12th, 2019. In case you missed it, catch Love Never and All the Way Stay live on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Hashtag surviving coming on October 18th. Hashtag Kimmel. And a YouTube link that is down. Jimmy Kimmel Live, man. They'd be pulling videos. Yeah. Uh, I remember we talked about that when we did the All the Way Stay episode. We I think we found a daily motion performance of it. I'm sure we could probably have found a daily motion performance yeah. of this on Kimmel, but that's okay. Um, June 11th, 2018. Chattanooga. Be the first to grab your tickets for August 31st at the Sign Alton Signal at the signal tennessee (laughs) (laughs) nice dude it's an at so i couldn't tell what the thing was it's like reading a uh, license plate yeah right (laughs) (laughs) ah there it is (laughs) yeah uh pre-sale starts now and your code is love never all caps no space so uh use it as a promo code um I, i get i get enjoyment out of such weird things and that is all i have for show notes i've got some reviews though 
if we okay. want to go down that same. You can do <laughs> that because I already hit my Amazon, so that's all I got for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here's a bad review from Discogs by Connors707, wow. October 24th, 2020, January 20th. Uh, first listen, I like the opening riffs of the title track. Way to hook me in when I wasn't really looking forward to listening to this album through. The song could become one of my favorites of the year in time. Criminal Energy is worth more listens, but then things turn to the straight-up pop that puts me off this band. It just sounds like the way uh, they are trying too hard to get a radio hit over the next few songs. All the way was the next song to get my attention again, but it's still pretty standard radio pop rock. Diamond was okay too, but very little after the opening tracks for me here. Not a contender. Two and a half out of five. Oof. <laughs> Dang. Connors Brutal. 707. Yeah. Uh, Stitches and Grooves has a bunch of 7-inch information. Jimmy World released two new songs to kick off their 2018 world tour, with the only physical release being in the form of a 7-inch. Love Never and Half Heart are the titles of the two songs, and it's unknown whether or not they will be a part of any forthcoming new album from the band. So uh, Stitches and Grooves basically has a blog that is constantly updated. This is from August 6, 2018. Uh, Love Never... uh, and what, what did we decide BW is? Backed with. Backed um, with, Half yes. Heart 7-inch retails for $6. Initially, it was only available via the band's web store, but as time wore on, indie record stores around the country started carrying copies of the record. If you're looking for an alternative to buying it, maybe in hopes of finding it cheaper, your best bet is to buy it from your local record store. The band's web store is hosted by Kings Road Merch, who charge more for shipping than they should. Copies can be found on secondary sites like eBay and Discogs, but again, you'll have to pay shipping on top of the small markup sellers are charging to cover selling and or PayPal fees. Pressing info was never officially released and it appears all copies were pressed on black vinyl. No download code is included with the record, which is lame considering the 7-inch was released on the band's own label, Exotic Location Recordings. Um, So that is the word from Stitches and Grooves. Yeah, Uh, It's not quite a review. Uh, I guess it's sort of a review of the 7-inch. At 129 on this video, we have Mr. Movie Phone. Oh, Mr. Movie Phone. I'm glad he's back. (laughs) <laughs> Let me jump to 129 on his video here. Here we go. You're on surviving, and I'm so happy to see not only surviving, but thriving. The first single was oh. actually something that really <laughs> caught my ears. It was kind of a double single because we had already heard Love Never. I think this is a re-recorded version, and obviously that was number 40 on my best songs of last year. So you know I'm a fan of that. A great track with just so much positivity but also moving past all of this bullshit type feeling great guitars Damn. a great presence overall from the entire band but all the way stay the all right so that is his thoughts on love never one of his favorite tracks of the previous year uh now we've got modern day masterpiece this i mean remember we talked about surviving had right. everybody was trying to be youtube reviewer when right. surviving came out so 342 <laughs> for modern day masterpiece i'm gonna jump to three 42. I do love hey that. Guys, back with another. Oh, I'm not sure what's happening. That I think will stay stuck in your head. It's freaking out. Could have fit in on something like Bleed American. I got. I definitely see it there. A song like no, Love Never. It is is textbook Jimmy World. It's not too long. It doesn't do too much, but it has a really catchy chorus that I think will stay stuck in your head. And uh, it was the second single on this album, and I think that's a really good track. And uh, get get to the the best song on the album. So he likes Love Never. He does. Not yeah. the best song on the album. So I always write Noah and Alyssa, but uh, this is uh, like one guy uh, doing a review. You'll know him when you see him. 
and I've got to jump to. Hey, what is going six. on, guys? This is SMB Beer Reviews, and today we are going to take a quick so look. So this at is Noah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but ultimately, is super catchy, and my favorites are One Mill, Love Never, and Delivery. Three excellent tracks. It's super well written. They did a great job. It's well produced, and there's really very little here for me to actually criticize. It's not necessarily a case of what they didn't when do, he mentions it again. Or, or what they did do, but make stuff just doesn't have much substance. But like I said, Love Never, one of the most anthemic songs on here that I see being a big fan favorite, it, it is super. It, it's super easy to to get lost in the song, but then the lyrics have some substance, and I love that. I think that that's one of the highlights of Jimmy World as a whole, or at least from what. So there it is. One good point he makes is it's easy to get lost in the song. One thing that another, I don't know if we read this, um, if we read this off on the pod or if I had read it personally, but the fact that it's not a very quick song. Oh, you know what? It was it was one, in one of the uh, articles I had read. I, th- I think this song hits you so hard that by the time it ends, you don't realize what you had just listened to. And right. you want to listen to it again because it's so good. It's a damn good song. Yeah. Damn good song. Damn good song. <laughs> All, All right. right. I'm going to listen to this whole clip because it's short. All this right. is 95.7 The Spin. Uh, and this is Haley's new music breakdown, Love Never by Jimmy Eat World, released on my birthday. Yeah. Love Never by Jimmy Eat World. So... Jimmy Eat World is like iconic pop punk. You cannot go without listening to Jimmy Eat World if you're listening to anything that is 2000s, like rock and skater rock and pop punk and everything <laughs> that goes with that. Like Jimmy Eat World sits She's there. She's like the Nicole Alvarez of 95.7. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows it. If you don't know it, why are you here? <laughs> but uh, Love Never kind of has that same Indiana baby oh okay thank you kind of like poppy rock um, definitely would call this just pop punk it's that's what it is like I could go through and like analyze what it what little uh, bits um, are those usernames and passwords no. oh, it's pop screen. screen. <laughs> but Dude. we are here for Jimmy Eat World Amazing band. I'm um, pretty sure that's a yeah, Haley. What's your IP address? <laughs> like their 2000 sound, <laughs> but updated. So definitely go check it out. Oh, Haley. I don't know, man. She seems like a, I, I would hang out with her at a Giant Rockets. Are you, you kidding me? Yeah, of course. Yeah, man. We would chat about Haley music rules. Put the jukebox. She didn't. On. She didn't own that radio station with the passwords no. on the damn honor. <laughs> no, it's not her fault. Yeah, she's trying to make the place cool. So this is that album reviewer guy. Uh, I'm gonna jump to 56 on his video. that album reviewer guy, huh? He's that album reviewer guy, you know. Uh, okay, I got him. You know the one. I the one. Here we go. <laughs> the T A R G on the targ. All right. Oh no. Uh, There's a little bit of variety too, like there's a pretty cool saxophone part toward the end of All the Way Stay. But there's a bit Weird. of overlap. Did in that we department. miss the? Although it works ah. for songs like Diamond and Love Never. So all he does is say the name oh, of the track. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
All right, all right, that album guy. What is it? Cool, thanks, that album reviewer guy. You know the name of the track. All right, uh, True North Reviews is my last one. Mentions it at 2.14 and at 3.12. So I think think we can let him listen to it for a minute. Yeah, I'll play him through. So I'm going to jump to 2.14. Hey there, welcome back to True North Reviews. My name is for acceptance in life. This dude. Elsewhere, yeah. the track oh, Love sure. Never love poses it. another tough lesson to learn, but it's an important one for lovers in a relationship or even people striving for success in their careers. You have to want the work more than the reward. That is the prize of working hard. It's to look back and see what you have achieved, not looking forward to the reward and suddenly taking things easy and for granted. Of course, a musical release is not always about the lyrics on their own. They need to be supported by instrumentation, texture, strong melodies, rhythms, something else to make it a well-rounded sonic experience. And in my opinion, Jimmy Eat World Surviving does exactly that with a balanced attention to fine detail, especially on the title track. On the song Surviving, I love the pulse, the chugging guitars, and booming drums that they all sync up for a dynamic and electric performance. The drums are certain given extra freedom to add a a few drum fills and it complements and enhances the urgent message of surviving over living. Bringing up the cut love never again, it has some pitch bends to the guitar, some staccato melody that I love, and I I feel like these two elements (laughs) intensify the the working for work message I explained earlier. As for the rest of Love working for work. Yeah. Work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I've got two additional links. One is a fun one we can watch real quick. Uh, Sick. Jim got into some editing, uh, if you remember this, Surviving I the UK. I do remember this, yeah. And Jim scored this with uh, Love Never. But cool shots of them all walking around. So I was pretty sure I remembered Jim saying that he cut this like while they were like flying or yeah. something. <laughs> Not bad, Maybe I'm man. misremembering, but yeah. Nah, um, it's just still solid editing. And this next one, I don't remember it, but all I wrote in all caps, she is coming. So uh, I don't <laughs> remember what it is. I'm excited, This man. is you by Mother Maricorn, Super Soon Heart. Where's Clover. 2019's been a year, a year of revelations, reconnection, healing, love, but also a year of struggle, doubt, anxiety, and stress. I've needed some time to grow and figure out my direction, and that includes the direction of my team. Oh, boy, uh, yes. And then we have Barbies. Oh, my gosh. Scantily clad Barbies. <laughs> Cooking steak. It's a cookout. Oh, ah. these are Bratz dolls or something. Yeah. yeah. Love ain't never been your friend. So yeah, I didn't know what to make of this, but I had to give it some airtime. Sure. This is on our YouTube playlist. Uh, it's like family photos and, oh, the grandma. Wow. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Somebody in the sun. This is interesting. The toys, like tights on toys. This is like walking into somebody's bedroom and them telling you about everything in that room. Mega blocks. Pegasus. Oh, this wow. might be. Do you want the work? 
green uh, heart. The green heart. Yeah. Let's make a splash. So yeah. Uh, Cute. Not quite sure what it is, but it, the title of the video is "She Is." Coming. I want to know who is coming. Yeah, she is coming. Uh, she is Mother Maricorn, I guess. Let's see what other yeah. things Mother Maricorn has. Uh, Hello again, paper doll. Channel trailer 2020. All, All right. right, here's a channel. Let's see the trailer. channel trailer. Let's, let's, let's to yeah. I'm gonna copy this and paste this here. Do this channel trailer. Mother Maricorn. Yeah. Grow from love. Oh. Corns, what's up? It's Clover coming right back at you again. Random thought of the day, guys. Have you ever thought about? So Mother Maricorn's got five thousand subscribers. Normal, guys. The new normal. I'll update you on how this video has nine hundred and seventy-nine. To dye my hair. Again. Reviews. Yep. That's what happens in your thirties. You start to worry about comfort more than fashion. In order so that we could help fulfill the destiny ah, of the tarot cards, that huh? the world needs to get worse before it gets better. I'm transgender, and a lot of my audience is also transgender. Oh, ladies, let's talk. My breast augmentation surgery become a, another series of videos for you guys. That so much more. Yeah. Thank you guys so, so much for your support and for watching. I will talk to you guys again super soon. Okay, so Maricorn has, do you watch Queer Eye? Uh, the newer one? Yes. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, Jonathan en Energy. Let me pull oh, up yeah? some Jonathan videos real quick. <laughs> okay. I haven't watched it. I loved, I loved the original five. I didn't from... watch the original. So I've oh, only, I'm only familiar with this one. And Jonathan Van Ness is maybe my favorite person on the planet. <laughs> Jonathan Van Ness. I want to see. Uh, I'm just going to pull up a random Jonathan Van Ness clip here okay so he's he's new he's not one of the originals no, is, is it a I whole new so. i believe they're all new yeah jonathan van ness and anthony and tan and uh yeah. we've seen all of the new episodes we binged it over the course of like a week and a half it's great oh he is uh, fabulous <laughs> yeah. my goodness um wait till you see like <laughs> the energy that yeah? jonathan van ness has. i can yeah. see from so, the pictures i'm looking at on google here is like I, let me let me let me sort this by like the most popular, like okay. the most the view counts. All right. Uh, this makes sense. This oh here we go. This is gonna be good. This is a queer eye cast answer the web's most searched questions for Wired. Four million views two years ago. I just I love Jonathan Van Ness so much and Karamo. <laughs> And Tan. Hey, we're the Fab Five from Netflix and Clear Eye, and we're doing the Wired autocomplete interview. Anthony is like into we're like cool punk stuff. It's cool. Oh my god! I got it! I got it! These men are the best. How <laughs> That's Tan. Was cast. Um, we all uh, auditioned. That's Tan. He does fashion. So sorry. <laughs> This is now a Queer Eye podcast. So <laughs> I think the premise of the new uh -huh. show is different than the original because they do all aspects of someone's life. And it's not just a straight guy. It's like, uh, uh, are you familiar with Mike Rose? Yeah. You, uh, Facebook show, uh, Returning the Favor? Uh, no. Okay. It's, it's very much predicated upon the same platform. Find somebody who's doing amazing things in the community that does nothing for themselves and give them a week with these five guys. One does hair, one does food, one does living, one does fashion, and one does lifestyle. 
and they each tackle a specialty and they're all just the best. I yeah, like I was like, of like American Idol meets <laughs> Hunger Games. Yeah. They put us all in a room together. We fought it out and we won. <laughs> Queer Eye, how does it work? Beats us, honey. That is a little. That's Jonathan. Okay, this isn't enough, Jonathan. I need you. I need you to see more, just Jonathan. All right. Uh, here is a, here is a thirty second ad. This is the one I should have done uh-huh. of Jonathan pitching a skincare product on YouTube. All right, I'm excited. I can I can only imagine this is terrific. Look at this texture. Omega Repair Cream for days, which has ceramides. We have gorgeous omega fatty acids. Ugh. It is so moisturizing, but so absorbent. Never heavy. So nice on your skin. It's just so beautiful when your skin needs a little bit extra love, a little bit of extra hydration, which for me is like literally all the time. And look, I literally am not wearing makeup, and my skin looks amazing. <laughs> Thank you, BioSense. I love you so much. <laughs> that- as good as that was, it was he didn't he didn't say that he was giving his skin a uh, repair moment, okay. which is like some of my favorite quotes. He's like, "Oh my god, I love a lace moment!" Like somebody will walk in, like one of their people, like wearing like a lace like thing. I love uh, it. Okay, you got to watch the new show. It's, All right, it's it's the most pure, happy. Like people are the best. It makes you feel like people are the best. Yeah. New Queer Eye is the best. Okay. All right. Uh, I have a little bit in community if we want to jump over yeah. to the community Yeah, okay, section. go hit me with what you got. I've got a seven-inch review on Discogs. Sounds great. Much better than digital. No surface noise, too, which I do think is important because I don't know about surface noise, but somebody who listens to the show just right. might. So right. um, <laughs> at first, I thought there was no Jake T. O'Donnell um, because he says, before I get to the final selections, I'll address the elephant in the room. Since part one posted, Jimmy Jimmy World released their 10th album, Surviving, which means an additional eight songs for potential consideration. And immediately I stopped reading. I was like, oh, so it's not on the list. But of course I went on to search and it is on the list. I didn't continue reading where he says the two surviving songs released before the album, Love Never and All The Way Stay, are in part one. (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, but you won't find any of those in this top 50 for a few different reasons so again i think i skimmed and i saw that and i was like okay it's not in here but it is uh so um uh let's see half heart enter oh uh for the song half heart there is mention of this song so half hearts in the list and they mention love never Uh, i'm following the oldest song on this list with one of the newest love never single was released in 2018 the first new music from the band in a couple years and while i praised the a side in part one which we'll get to it's half heart the b side that is far superior says jake t o'donnell so we'll get to that when we get to that song but number 18 oh i shit i didn't Uh, have you guess uh, a number yeah yeah yeah. okay go ahead uh (laughs) number 89 on the list is Love Never. Uh, Jimmy Eat World put out two songs in 2018 as they recorded their 10th album, Love Never, and its B-side both made this list. While And while the B-side is, in my opinion, much better, Love Never is a fun, power chord-driven rocker that would have fit just about anywhere in the band's history. Love ain't never been your friend. Love never gonna hear what you're demanding. Jim warns his, sub- his subject. Ultimately, this is this one is a middle-esque song about picking yourself up and not letting the things that happen in life get you down. It's also a fun solo late. It's also got a fun solo late 
which the band hasn't done in a lot in recent years. Love Never will appear on Surviving, giving it a second life when the album is released this month. And I says, ah, I should have read the whole thing because <laughs> I said no Jake T.O. Uh, but it is. Um, there's all kinds of stuff on Reddit. I feel like you're better at looking in Reddit. So rather than go through the stuff I pulled okay. on Reddit. Well, let's see. Want- yeah, let's see. I got, I got three. I picked three. So I've got one uh, from seven months ago. The Love Never Half Heart release from 2018 by Robot Island. <laughs> right? <laughs> a request post. Uh, I've checked a lot of stores, and it seems that Love Never Half Heart release from 2018 is no longer available for purchase, which is a common question uh, among different platforms. Some places still have Half Heart available for streaming, but not for purchase. There does, doesn't seem to be any service that streams the 2018 version of Love Never. I read that this version is different from the version on Surviving. Does anyone know where I could get a copy of Half Heart and the 2018 version of Love Never? Top point. Uh, the top host here, Futures Past. Seven months ago. The 2018 double single is mixed by Jim Adkins, and the Love Never on Surviving was all the same instrumentation as the 2018 release, but mixed by Ken Andrews. It's a remix in the most fundamental sense. Only things like EQ and volume were altered, and only slightly. If I was given both to listen to without any information about them, I wouldn't know which is which. I think Jim is super (laughs) into Half Heart. Uh, as a song for the band, if I, I recall agree. the interview correctly, it was just an experimental song, which is why the title is all lowercase. Even more information there. And I think yeah. he prefers the album mix for Love Never. So that two song release is probably a short run band collectible now. If they do ever uh, do something like singles again, I will probably have half heart on it only. Very cool, man. So yeah. many things in two paragraphs. He just <laughs> he touches on so many things. Future's past. Yep. Uh Thank you for that. And then, okay, two years ago, 63T, Surviving Love Never Seems to Sound Different on YouTube than it did on Spotify. I think this is the first post that I saw that somebody noticed. Yeah, and I'm going down to the very bottom post from Stormlight 98. I definitely noticed it. There's definitely more depth and bass, more depth, drive, and punch, too, than it had before. Also, small differences in guitar, at least I think. It sounds like there's some slight changes to me. This quote-unquote new mix, I assume, was done by JMJ, which would explain the depth and drive to the bass, since he's a bassist. These small differences uh. change from this from a song uh, that I thought was all right into an amazing track that I honestly can't stop listening to. So again, Ken Andrews did some magic with it. Uh, kind of touching back on what we, we uh, spoke about, dropping everything down in which it gave him a lot more space to work with vertically with those. And then maybe brought in more bass but like you said it's the sound of the bass it's not the effect of the bass it's the tone he did mention a a word in there that i've already since forgotten Uh, i guess punch i think punch is more of a appropriate driving punch yeah Yeah. right and that was and that was by taking out some of the other stuff when and that's a problem that i have when i when i'm mixing stuff that i'll put together i almost put everything up at you know leave it at 12 11 12 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. right i put it at an 11 but like leave it at at, uh, whatever it records at but no that's not what you want you want to be able to balance it and mix it um and so the last thing the last little thing i have is from a phoebe jb 131 two years ago favorite surviving lyrics okay fans we've almost had three weeks with album 10 i remember those days remember you and i i was sending you pictures of (laughs) our alexa device in the kitchen with 555 on it 
And yeah. I think at 5.55 in the afternoon. And oh. he said, are you going to be sending me these every day? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But I do remember these. The, so the we've had almost three weeks with album 10. What are some of the favorite standout lyrics from Surviving? I personally love. So we move to a cliffside, a shoreline, nowhere, a freezing drive ahead with every crossing, and the things you hope someday will come keep waiting. We just did, did delivery. I love that one. Yep. And so on this thread, Prince of the Prince of Milk says, uh, I love the idea of a lyric thread. I will say, sorry to be a stickler, the lyric and delivery is a freezing drive ahead with ferry crossings. So um the very much actually vibes there, but I'm glad they did that because I think you did the same thing for me, right? With ferry crossings. Yeah, I think so. Right. So you did the correct lyrics. You fixed me up, which it, it still had the same resolution. Right. Um, and then they said, uh, do you want the work more than the reward? Love never. That was their favorite lyric from that track. Yeah. So that's what I got for uh community. Sweet. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we pulled, we pulled most of the same, uh, Reddit, uh, stuff. There was a 2020 poll where it was out in round one. It was a poll, not Oof. quite a surviving. Uh, and I think I got a uh, survivor. I think I got bored looking through all this stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, Mr. Colty five, I said, I noticed was the first person to notice it was gone from Spotify prior to the new, uh, album version coming out. Um, somebody, Oh, did you see me in the comments anywhere? <laughs> I didn't. I, I don't think I did. No. Okay. Uh, Metal Luke <laughs> 5, Metal Uke Metal 5. Metal Uke. Yeah. Uh, uh, posted October 23rd, 2019 on my birthday. Um, EP version of Love Never. And Disowned Peer. Disowned Pair uh, says, how are they different? And then I chime in at 11.30 p.m. The EP version was mixed by Jim himself. The album version is the same instrumentation and recording, but mixed by the album's mixer. So, Mr. Ken Andrews, yeah. But yeah, me, yeah. very valid. <laughs> yeah. There was an official thread with the song reactions. Uh, I did not read through them. Uh, same with EP reactions. I did not read through them. But Thrawn 45. Did you see Thrawn 45? That does not ring a bell. Wife and I met Rick at the Salt Lake show Friday. And it says, uh, such a cool dude. Told him we wished they played more songs. And his reply, so do we. Talked about the new album and about Love Never, which will be on the new album. And Half Heart said it was an experiment and will not be on the new album. But that might be the first time we heard... Uh, definitively that the uh, song would be on the new record. Uh-huh. So Thrawn 45 wanted to give him that. Uh, Thrawn. Thrawn 45, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so we've got a couple alternate versions. So uh, I found this, a pro recording, and I was too lazy to find out from where this came. So I'm going to post this to you all right. uh, in um, uh, messages. Oh, yeah, the acoustic. The acoustic. Um, where was this from, though? It sounds like board recorded, and I'm just I, I I don't remember coming across it anywhere in my research. It was it okay? So one that came up that I didn't look at was was it Stinkweeds at all? Did he not play this for Stinkweeds? I don't know. Listen to this though. It sounds more. It sounds okay. less live. It sounds more produced. All right. Well, okay. Here we go. Love never acoustic.
never been your friend Love never gonna hear what you didn't end Love ain't some magical thing Oh, I wonder this if this is, is yeah. from this is NPR. Definitely, yeah, because the, the crack in his voice is very distinct. Yeah, yeah it's from that. So that's okay. what it is. Because I was going to say the quarantine session was at Rebel Lounge. Yeah. Uh, which I dropped a link for there. Um, yeah. And you can hear Robin coming in there for those. Yep. 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 That's yep, sexiness. Yep. Okay. So that's what that is. Mystery yes. solved. Mystery. The case is closed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's listen to a little bit of the live debut. Uh, let me put this in and watch together of the track this is uh posted by bradley baldus bradley baldus jimmy world performing their new song love never on the day it was released at shaky knees Ninety frames per second. Yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> so I realize that we we make these comments offhand because we understand them. <laughs> so when you have a, a TV that's like oh, or a computer monitor, it's like oh, it's 120 hertz, and you're like oh, whatever oh my, that means. Yeah. So television, what you're used to watching, is technically 29.97 frames per second, but it's 30 frame is what we call it. Most movies, when you watch TV, uh, or like if you go to a place that they didn't calibrate their TV and you're like, oh, everything looks like a telenovela, what's going on? It's because they have like smooth motion on. Um, So that is taking the refresh rate because we're now in refresh rates and not in fields and frames. And I can tell you that there's 60 fields in (laughs) 30 frames (laughs) because each frame has two fields when we lived in interlaced four by three world. Um, But we are now in most mostly progressive scan uh, uh, media. And so the refresh rate on your TV is much, 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 much faster than the refresh rate of 2997 which is broadcast tv so you're used to seeing broadcast tv at 2997 if you get a tv straight out the box usually has smooth motion on and everything looks like a telenovela or like a you know like a uh, it's just like hyper hyper smooth right uh and that's what we're seeing here is the the more frames you have so your tv out the box with that smooth motion on is creating frames between the frames it's saying here's where Jim, for example, here is at frame one, and here's where he is at frame two. We're going to fill in all of the information that exists <laughs> that is not actually there. And that's what's making it look uh, so, so insanely smooth. So the other thing is, and so that's why I joked it, it looked like is it shot at like 90 frames per second because right. it was just like so insanely smooth. It looked like I thought we had it in fast forward or something. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, and also I should mention that film is mostly 24 frames per second and really it's 23.976 frames per second. Uh, and there are many, this isn't a film 
school podcast. So go to your local, you know, community <laughs> college if you want to learn about that stuff. But um, what you could do is like when you watch a movie and there's a super slow-mo shot of somebody jumping through a window or something, what they've done is they've shot it at a very high frame rate, HFR, high frame rate, usually like 240 frames per second or higher. And then they play it back at 24 frames and you're getting all of that information and it plays back slowly. Yeah. So that's a yeah, high frame rate. Uh, there it is. Yeah. Uh, Real quick, let me add a little, a little tidbit oh, please, to this. Yeah. Okay. So this is how I've always done this. Um, uh, like you said, uh, 24 frames, I think of movie. So when you look yes. at a movie, that's the look. Right, yep. that's the movie look. It's the look, yeah. Then there's the TV look, which is something you watch Married with Children, you watch um, Third Saturday Rock Night for the Live. Sun, Saturday yep. Night Live, 30 frames per second. That's TV. Yep. Then there's this new stuff, which is like this whole 120 hertz stuff. And the best way for me to describe this, David, I was in a Best Buy and I watched <laughs> I watched <laughs> The Dark Knight oh, on, at 120 and it looked like it was on PBS. Yeah. And it looks yeah. so crappy. And what's weird is you can see the math is catching up with itself yeah. sometimes. So sometimes there's like a jump, like where it's like, yeah. If it was smooth 100% of the time, all the time, never <laughs> a dropped frame, maybe you could get okay with it. Yeah. But like you always, I can always see like a jump. And it's like a couple times a minute. Like it's not, it's not every five minutes it's like yeah. a couple times a minute you see it's like catching up with itself or something uh the it's first terrible. thing i do when i go to somebody's house is i turn off their goddamn yeah. smooth motion like they'll go to the, they'll get up Why and go to the bathroom so and i will again? be like yeah i'll be like find their remote turn off smooth everybody please for the love of god yeah. turn off your smooth motion two hours into this podcast if you learn anything <laughs> turn it off that's it that's, that's the three different things for me there's movie there's tv and then there's pbs which is just yeah. beyond <laughs> So I always it. say telenovela, but yeah, <laughs> PBS is a good one. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Okay. Telenovela. Yeah. Uh, so I that is the live know. debut. Here is uh, something right before COVID hit uh, at the NAM North American Music Mestable. Mestable. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like it's like uh, CES, but yeah, it for is. music yeah, stuff. That's right. Uh, so at 335 here, uh, Jim is playing his JA90. All in right. front of people with this wild chord. I remember we talked about this. Uh, let me jump to 335. Here we go. It's funny, like, really the only difference between uh, what I play and what you buy in a store or this guitar is I have gauge 13 strings on it. <laughs> yeah. So if it sounds like... I love that he didn't bring his own guitar. He was like, oh, you have yeah. one there? Great. <laughs> the wrong strings, but okay. A little out of tune. But that's great to know. Yeah. 13 gauge strings. There we Atta go. Boy. Thank you, baby. Uh, we can work with that. We can work. Okay, thanks, Jim. Thank you. <laughs> I think he said not gonna win any Grammys with yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, see, damn. I'm glad Jim and I are on the. We're all on the same page. You, David. Yeah. You got to tune to the harmonic. It's not Dude, enough. This is me every Friday night. <laughs>
<laughs> camera guy getting uh oh yeah dude look at that 30 30 degrees touch yeah <laughs> it's a film term he turned the camera slightly sideways such a unique performance because he's there to show off his guitar so he's not playing it acoustic he's playing it oh he skipped that part yeah yeah right he's like i want to get through this track (laughs) yeah uh and let's see what else i've got okay i have a question about this yeah the way he's playing the chords here i also wrote lol robin this is a month later uh, live in the lounge. It's just Jim and Robin on stage. It's February 27th, 2020. All right. But there's something about the way that Jim is playing it here. It's like he's playing more, more to the chord. Okay. It's let's like see. he's playing bar versions of the chord or something. Like this sounds different than what he was doing at Nam. Yeah. I suppose he is doing what I feel like people don't do enough and he's transposing the song for an acoustic guitar as opposed to playing the straight electric version. I'm gonna do it. See, yeah, he's doing like. It's gonna feel so he's doing that minor on the. Is that what that is? He's doing that. Yeah. Fourth. You're talking about the pre chorus part? Yeah, it was the other part. This is but he goes minor to the major, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so for some reason it stood out to me. So I was like, what are these chords? Uh, and finally, we got to watch a little bit of it. Or, well, apparently, we're not watching it. We're just listening to it. Is it not up on YouTube? I thought they put the whole thing on YouTube. But Which maybe, one? Well, uh, the Surviving uh, Phoenix Sessions. Um, oh, yeah, it should be. I mean, everything. Well, yeah, but I guess I only copied the uh, the link to the single song itself. So oh, we'll yeah, just yeah. Watch, oh, we'll I see. Look so we can't watch the performance. Yeah. I got you.
so good. Ooh. Oh man. Just that little extra bit up top makes it uh makes yeah. it tight. All right. Uh I've got some covers here. It looks like I've got seven. Yeah, one more than I do. Sweet. Uh let well, let's do some Kusti covers. I got okay, two okay. of them here. I All got right, Christine yes. Young. Yeah. We've had I think we've featured her before. Oh let's go with Christine Young. Yeah, put her Welcome in. Welcome back, there. Christine Young. Yeah, come on, Christine. Come on in. Nylon strings, though. Yeah. Now, that's something you don't see often. There's a cutout on the neck. Yeah. Flamenco-style guitar. One extra note on those top two strings. <laughs> Ooh, that's tasty. What's she playing here? What's she playing up on the E string there? It's just a regular. She's just I call that a taking back Sunday chord because really? that's the chord shape for Keith without the E. I didn't she's realize that was a, in this. a power chord on a nylon string guitar. It looked like yeah, that's but all it is. I don't have it. I gotta get a guitar in here. But her chord shape Boom. is more like she's hitting the E, right? Uh, like let's say this is the seventh on the E, sure. But she's also hitting seven on the D, right? That's she, a power chord. But the the power chord is no. Oh, if she's in drop D though. Oh, that she's uh, playing the octave. I didn't see that. I looked like it looked like a, like a normal power chord to me because no. she played a, a regular E, an open E. Hold on, let's go back. Watch. All right, Christine. That's a regular E, and that's this is all that's normal power chord. See right and there that her E is, string. So she's got she's got an inverted power chord on top. But then making the inverted power. No, power I think I think that middle finger is not is not doing anything. I think it's just oh, looking like it is. Maybe muting. No, I don't, I yeah, maybe muting. Yeah, know, but that's man. that's just a uh, that's a C sharp minor. I see. See, I call that that that's that that chord shape right there. She's about to play cute without the e. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> So that's what I thought she was doing there. Okay. okay. Uh, great job, Christine Young. Other yeah. than, uh, uh, you know, the nylon string. But I thought her nylon <laughs> string sounded pretty good. Next, yeah. I have, this is probably the one you didn't find, Goza. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I did find that one. Oh, you did? That okay, was so on SoundCloud, on right? SoundCloud, yeah. yeah. Let's take a listen to Goza.
obviously done Goza. Yeah. Um, Goza the Gozarian. All right. Uh, next, I've got drums <laughs> with Alan Mayer. Yeah. I did not watch this, but it looks like it's going to be uh, fucking cool. I The one word, <laughs> snare. Hit it. <laughs> uh, oh, also, the dude abides. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Did John Goodman show up in any of those Michelob baths today? I didn't see him, no. Oh, okay. I saw Buscemi in there, but that was it. Customs, K Customs, Zildjian symbol, yeah, varietals. Well, that was enjoyable. Um, question for you, yeah. Uh, rough idea. What b- between the hi hat, the ride, the let's say two crashes. What's a set of symbols cost? Would that be a grand? Yeah, easy. Okay, all right. I thought so. Especially in today's in today's economy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember. Uh, yeah, Jeff and last off the bus. He had all a customs, and I think it was like two seventy five for a crash. Damn. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, let's look it up. Let's let's look up what a like an a custom crash. Well, I was a, talking like the, the reason why I ask 18. is this last weekend yeah, three fourteen uh, on Sweetwater. Whoa, yeah. I was talking with a kid that plays in a band, and he he'll, he'll sometimes play in his uh, his church band. Yeah, and the guy that left the kit there takes his symbol. He leaves the kit, but correct but takes his symbols home. Every every rehearsal studio you book time in yeah. is going to say bring your own kick pedal yeah. and symbols. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Makes sense. Drum heads are easy. Drum heads are cheap. Yeah. Um, but symbols ain't. Yeah. Apparently. Damn. Yeah. Well, All Alan right. Meyer kicked ass. I love yeah, that sound. <clears throat> he got a great sound in that one. Yeah. I I assume Zach's drums are under there somewhere or else he had the stems. Right. Yeah. I think he maybe maybe that was why it was more punchy because he brought his up a little bit higher. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did not have the stems. Though. Recorded at Crown Nest Practice Space, Minnesota. Yamaha uh. drums. West Tone Audio, Zildjian Symbols, Vic First Sticks. No audio edits, including samples, tuning, gridding, replacing. Ooh, it's a lot of uh, jargon for <laughs> to prove that he's a legit drummer. Somebody said this is a cool song. You really hit hard, Alan. I bet you go through a <laughs> pair of sticks every five songs. See, it sounds like it's very apparent. This that is he one plays of my favorite bands. Heart. I love the drumming. Some songs ah. I tend to lay into the drums a bit more. Thanks for checking it out. Alan Meyer kicking ass, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh Praha drums. Uh wait, you commented. got a Praha? Oh no, commented. but Praha drums okay, commented. Okay, right. Pristine. Love it. Yeah. Thanks so much, says Alan. Alan uh Meyer. So yeah, um, pretty good. I just saw a wordle hint, not a hint, but a uh, tip over on the side. The uh best opener is the word crane, apparently. Interesting, huh? Yeah. I still play glove. 
glove. Oh, you you play the the same word all the time, huh? Every time, man. I go like between chair and laugh, and okay. laugh. I think is a good one because it's got a lot of it's got two right. vowels. You got to want you want at least a lot two of vowels. uncommon consonants. Yeah. So you I can really feel like rule laugh is a good. One. I remember Susie told me that. Oh, what about laugh? Like her second day playing, I was like, "That's like a really That's good brilliant." One. <laughs> <laughs> I might try it, babe. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Every Emma Kononov. Oh Did man, you? I loved Emma. this. Okay, I don't know it. I, I oh, just absolutely it. loved it. Emma, it, how she comes into this song, her voice, man. Oh, she sings it too. Yes, that's cool. I didn't know it's she was playing so along. Good. Or yeah, yeah. There's a guitar cover. All right, Emma. Did it queue up for you? Uh, I don't know. It was just beach balling for me. Yeah, same here. I will leave Try the room again. and come back. Let me sure. uh, refresh. Try again. Because we got to hear Emma. Emma. Emma Kononov. Here we go. Well, I see you, Capo. What's it there doing? She's playing like Matt Thiessen, no pick. Dude, on that telly, it sounds so fresh. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Only 321 views uploaded July 27, 2018. She's got the twinkly lights in the back, man. This is everything. Yeah, dude. digress and listen Ugh. to another one of her tracks do you want to hear her doing a great song which we played on the pod stay by kid Leroy, sure or playing good uh, for you by olivia rodrigo um i don't know good for you i know some olivia rodrigo you, but not that one good for you that's her that oh i guess maybe i know it though no, driver license is the one but this is the one that everybody thinks sounds like uh misery business all right let's see let me copy the link emma connor up yeah i mean she did the abridged version of that. She only had a... So this is from eight months ago. Yeah. I like the stars on the wall, too, man. Yeah, man. It's a cool vibe. I have one of those in the kids' room. Is it like an orb that just projects yep. it? Oh, she's kicking ass. Oh, 
damn. I imagine her with a full band yeah. backing her. Yeah. She's kicking Fuck. ass, man. I remember when I listened to that Olivia Rodrigo record, I was like, let me see what all the kids are listening to. I and know. I was like, I don't know who broke this girl's heart, but I'm mad at him too. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, before that album dropped, even before it, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, my sister Kirsa goes, you got to check out this Olivia Rodrigo. And I go, I don't even know what, what's, what she's about. And she goes, she's going to be the next big thing. And then it was, I think she ended up getting, within the first week, it was the biggest uh, re- reception like it was the biggest release and uh, acceptance from <laughs> listeners on Spotify period so she was big yeah your sister called it I definitely think <laughs> it's the jagged little pill of this yeah, generation yeah. for sure so yeah it's a terrific record Andy Collins did you see Andy Collins <sighs> I don't have any Collins that's this the extra one, the one it's only called video 118 oh man that sounds um, so uh, ominous yeah it's very lost <laughs> um <laughs> Andy Collins, video 118. We're in a second video of the same song, Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> second video? Oh, okay, now I gotta find it. I gotta find the other one. <laughs> He's got two subscribers, 12 views this video, September 25th, 2018. Uh, we're gonna start with the strum pattern. It's oh, he's showing us how to do it. Down here. Unfortunately, my camera cannot cover both angles at the same time, so it's gonna start out like this. This guy's playing Jimmy World. Did you see his picture? So if you can do it's an that, older dude. It's just oh yeah. Standard down, down, down motion. Chicago. Pretty much oh yeah. Is going to be that. Keep in mind this is an acoustic guitar. You're going to hear the rhythm part of that on this. Um, they have some sound effects. So I don't know if he recorded this somewhere else and uploaded this to YouTube separately because this is his first video upload on this channel. Video 118 was? Yeah. Video 118. That's a sexy highway. He's got the click track going, man. Oh, he's watching the original video. He's listening to the original. Yeah. You can tell by the echo. That's what uh, that's what tripped me out about the clicks. Yeah. Now I know what you're saying. I thought he had clicks in addition to that. <laughs> well, you're right. That's how that original started out. I'll bet you I'm creating a narrative around this. <laughs> that Andy Collins was teaching himself guitar. Yeah. And he videoed it as he was going. And this is just attempt number 118. No. <laughs> you think not, so? Not of this song. Right, right, right. But, right. Like, but just you know in I mean? general. Like, like, him, his, like uh, maybe he's updating okay. yeah. uh, the, the other lad in the photo that I sent you. So that's Andy Collins. Michael Vandernault uh, in my guitar section. Do you know, did you get a Michael Vandernault? I did. All right. What do we know um, about Michael Vandernault? It, yeah, this is what we know. It makes me gear. nauseous. <laughs> He's got an orange amp in here. Let's take a listen. Cover. Yeah, take Love a listen. Uh, you know what? what it, it seems like he put it on a pedestal that was rotating. Oh, this is what makes me nauseous, David. The, the back and forth. <laughs> it stops. 
once again, not my music. I do, I own no rights. Today I use the same amp setup, different guitar, Epiphone Goth Explorer with lace finger burner pickup set. Thanks for listening. Faults and all. Much love. Sounds so thick, man. I it love the like guitar center. Stack, man. Yeah. August 21st, 2020. How much is this J90? <laughs> no one asks. <laughs> Stairway. Denied. Denied. <laughs> the Rivera 5150 PV. I don't know what it is about 5150, but that's a cool sequence of numbers. The 5150. Yeah. Well, isn't that the, like, police code for taking somebody in for, Is like, it? a mental it's... evaluation? Ooh. See, code meaning. Uh, 5150 is the number of the section of the Welfare and Institutions Code. Allows a person with a mental illness to be involuntarily detained for a 72-hour psychiatric hospitalization. Ah. There you go. Um, Charlie, who did our theme oh, music, you know has what? a lamp like that one on top of the orange amp. You're right. School. Now I know what this is. So it, Lindsay's brought that up with 5150s at school. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there we go. So that like cloud thing over on top of the orange amp. Uh-huh. Charlie has something that looks like that on his desk at uh, EMC. Oh, what is it? Mashed it's potatoes? It's a lamp. Oh. Well, okay. Charlie's is. I don't know what this is. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting thing. Uh, and last cover I have is a potential guest on this episode. Yes. Sugar Pill. Yes. Himself. <laughs> finally. <laughs> So oh, excited. I love this. I love his stuff, man. So let's take a listen to Sugar Pill. Please come on. Rocking out. Love never. Hell yes. It's so full. Yes, it is, man. He knows what he's doing. With those, look at those octaves, man. Part, man. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's doing everything. So, what are all the stickers on this? Is that Black Flag in the bottom left? Blink-182. One, two, three, four Blink stickers. I don't know what that yellow one is. Me neither. Uh, What's the heart? Uh, That's that's Blink-182. I miss you. You can see it, yeah. Um, I want to say that the yellow with blue with black text, Travis Barker's Famous Stars and Straps company released many, 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 many stickers that I can't keep up with. I believe... That one is from the series that says, if you have to ask, you can't afford it, which was a side project band Travis had with Paul Wall called Expensive Taste. I think that uh-huh. might be an expensive taste sticker, but that's so like he seems Rich. like a head, right? Yeah. That's, okay. that's an insanely niche sticker for him to have. Uh, and I haven't seen that particular design, but it makes me think that that might be an expensive state, an expensive taste sticker. And okay. expensive right. taste it did not have any like 
hits. <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> now let's see what's under his hand. What? I can't read what, what it is. Oh, it's almost okay. It's so close. We can see it. What T R? Oh gosh! Come on, let's see it. It's so close. <laughs> what would Travis do? Oh, maybe that's a yeah. Uh, right. And those and Travis, <laughs> yeah. Okay. What would Travis Sweet. do? I love it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, and then there's a DTA sticker over there. Don't trust anyone. That's a Travis Barker. So that's an expensive taste sticker then. If you have to ask, you can't afford it. If you have to. I don't think that's what that's. I don't think that is. But I feel like that has the aesthetic of a mid-aught Famous Stars and Straps sticker. (laughs) Okay, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe early 10s. I'm impressed, man. (laughs) Now, (laughs) I'm going to go as far as to say I think he's wearing an Atticus polo. Yeah, with the yep. mm-hmm. the yellow, the, the real band. And huh? Yep, because take a look at Tom in this music video. Okay. And he's got independent truck uh, on his strap. And I don't know what yeah. the buttons are. It's a red button and a white button. Probably Blink-182 or uh, Travis Barker stuff. I'll take a look. All right, hit me with this. Let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll have to... Let me I think the white one is Angels and Airways, maybe. You're just looking for the emblem on the front right there? Okay. Yeah. All right. And then the, the red one might be just the independent logo, which is the Iron Cross. Right. Uh, uh, you could see it in the thumbnail, unfortunately. It's not going to show you the thumbnail here. But uh, let me jump to later in this video. You can see Tom here wearing that polo, a white version of it. But I believe that's the uh, same polo. Yeah, yeah. A little thicker on the yeah. lines, but yeah, it could very well be. Yep. Very Tom. I'm in this video. <laughs> You're in this, and then I'm, I'm in, in this uh, video, Weezer's yeah. Troublemaker. Yeah, you that's and me. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. We're, we're part of uh, Blink and uh, Weezer yep. Cannon. <laughs> so finally, you said you've cracked the code. I did, I, man. I have, I think, a pretty good rave DJ. Um, how many do you have? I have two. All right. So do one of yours. I'll do mine, and then we'll wrap up with yours. All right. Okay. Uh, I'll, we'll do the first one. Never love you go. <laughs> Never love you go. Yeah. See if you can figure this out. It's a little bit of a rough beginning, but stick with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, what a good song. Yeah. Yes. Moments. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Stephen Jenkins, man. 
too sexy for his own good. Yeah, I love that bit. That was a good one. Okay. It didn't do the rap part. I remember the stupid things. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. I don't know if that, that would even be Did you cash in on your dreams? Me, no. You don't dream for me, no. No, you don't dream for me, no. I'm still feeling pushing like a sonar for the days of the ways. It's <laughs> like a sunburn. I would like to save. I would like to save. This girl is like a sunburn. I would like to save. <laughs> All right, this is Pain Never from you. Pain Never. All right. Fast. Yeah. Man, Zach working hard. Yeah. Oh, David! Yeah, dude. The miner! Yeah! I like it. Yeah, man. This part doesn't work. <laughs> little bendy, little bendy. It's okay. Let's see if it comes back. <laughs> the drums were staccato enough that I thought they would work yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it works all right. Solo at the end. How's it going to end, David? I like that both you and I picked the lyric video because it always ends with this pan out (laughs) to the map or to the the maze. Okay. Uh All right. The last one that I have here, um, I don't know if we'll get through all of it. Ah, I wanted to make one that had a little bit of a hip hop back. This is called Love Feeling. Let's remember this. Do you remember Flo Rida? Yeah. Yeah. Love ain't never been your friend. Love never gonna hear what you're demanding. Sometimes I get a feeling.
gonna come up with a little bit more hit. Come on, man, hit me, hit me, hit me. Oh, yes. <laughs> This is good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let it play through. I got another 30 seconds. That pan out. Woo! Man, yeah, three man. great ones in so a row. How did you choose those songs? Oh gosh, I gotta go back to the website. So there is a website you can search by chord progression, and it gives you oh. songs that have the same chord progression. And it gives me a better, it's like Toonbat. But I think Toonbat has it's like Spotify where right. <laughs> Spotify gives you the same ones that oh this is this is alternative pop this is alternative rock it's the right. same three songs in a row it's freaking hands down and and uh, cool. punk rock princess but this this one felt like it gave me the right chord progression and I just picked a hip hop track I picked a nice. rock track so that's what I feel like I got that's cool yeah man wow well yeah. Justin what are your final thoughts on the song. Uh, Love never. This song kicks Jimmy ass. World. It's a it's a great track. Um, I'm glad it came out as a single beforehand, and then it had those distinct uh, different uh, mixes that Jim Jim did, and then Ken Andrews um, and and JMJ had their hands in. And it's a great track. Uh, this would pump me up. In fact, I put it on my rock tracks list for yeah. uh, for running. Uh, what about you, man? I think it's a terrific running track, and especially because it'll keep your uh, pace because it's so like uh, plodding, like not plodding, but it's uh, driving, I guess. Yeah. Um, the the drums sort of drive you forward, and yeah, I, I think it's a terrific track that I don't think I thought a lot about, um, but the band obviously believed in it a lot in the sense that it came out on Surviving. They played it out a hundred and six yeah. times, so yeah. Um, they definitely think that there's something to this track, and I, I can't say that they're wrong. So, uh, yeah, without uh, any further ado, hopefully everybody's being out there uh, uh, and being excellent to each other. Yeah. And party on, dudes! <laughs> Welcome, friends. We have a very special guest on this episode, Brian Zond. Uh, if you if you notice that David and I were uh, watching this together, and we loved the we watched the whole entire thing. We usually just do uh, covers, 
and we'll listen to some cover songs. But I happened upon your love never uh, finding God in your iPod. And I said, David, wait till you see this. And he and I both watched it together, loved it, loved the delivery, the message. And we just had so many questions. So after the episode, he said, I'm going to reach out to Brian. And so (laughs) you were very quick to respond. And uh, we were just, uh, you know what, striking while the uh, the iron is hot. Is that how that goes? I w- you know, we wanted to make sure that um, that we wanted to capture you while we had the opportunity. So sure. here you and I are on a Monday, and yeah. uh, we were going to talk about um, music and the band and your church and, and beliefs and all that stuff. But did you want to give us a little bit of a, an overview of who you are and about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I'm Brian Zond. I'm 62 years old. I've been the pastor of one church for 40 years. Uh, I'm a, I'm an old rock and roller. I love music. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm an author, and I write a lot these days. I've written, I think, 11 books in the past 12 years. That's something like that. So I spend a lot of time writing. I'm at my writing desk right now. And I do a lot of podcasts and they're all, I mean, like every single one of them are about one of my books and I do them on Tuesday afternoons and I just, you know, they're on book till June for those now, uh-huh. but this was different. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would have just put you all either said no or put it off if you just wanted to interview me on one of my books, uh-huh. which is great. I'm glad that people want to talk about my books. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but you know, I do that all the time. I mean, I mean, I just had a book come out. So for a while I was doing two or three podcasts a day. Uh And uh, so, but this is different. We're going to talk about music and stuff. Yes. Rock music and stuff, I gather. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. So I'm a pastor, writer, and uh, rock lover. Okay, so at the very beginning of uh, of your your sermon, we let so we posted it. We have we have patrons that we give special access to for certain mm-hmm. things that you know we'll do the normal episodes, and then we'll give them some specific access. And we gave them the link and asked them to watch and everything, and got, it got a great reception. It was, like, it was very enjoyable to watch. Um, at the very beginning, you had mentioned um, a specific individual here. What is this? Josh Meyer. Is he the is he the individual who chose this song and or at least gave it to uh, you? To he's the one that alerted me to it because not he knows. Well, let me back up a little bit. How, do you know Josh Myers? I no, I don't. I I, I wanted well, to know the, how he, he is a very accomplished musician, absolute fantastic guitar player. I mean, trust me, I do know. Yeah. And he's really good. And he's a huge Jimmy Eat World uh, fan. And I've been doing this thing. We'll probably get into this finding God in the music. It used to be, well, when you saw it, it was finding God on your iPod. Uh-huh. Finding God on, yeah. But it's, you know, iPods. Yeah. So we change it. But anyway, uh, so he would make suggestions now and then. I was, you know, I'm familiar with Jimmy Eat World, but not like a hardcore devotee. You know, you can only right. give heart to so many bands of course right <laughs> and um but he also had found the video because the i thought the video was cool and i he just knew it was a song i could work with and he gave it to me and he said you you might want to consider this and i almost never take suggestions for yeah. this series that i do because it's got to be music <laughs> See, here's the thing i have to love the song uh-huh. and if somebody suggests the song and i'm like yeah yeah but I don't get inspired, but I love the song. I yeah. just, I, I just, it's, it's, it rocks. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, to quote you, you said it, this is a, you, and you can't speak for the band, but you said this is a powerful, true three minute rock and roll sermon. And yeah. it is, I mean, it's, it hits you. It's in your face. It's fast. 
Um, it's very rocking. They don't really stop. They don't really let up from the guitars at the beginning all the way to the end. It's just this this rock and roll roller coaster. Right. <laughs> okay, so he introduced you to it, but this one you said um, beat out um, Bruce Coburn, which that song, when, when you said Lovers in a Dangerous Time, I yeah. actually hadn't heard the Bruce Coburn version. I heard the cover from Bare Naked Ladies, and ah. that's where I was familiar with it. So when I listened back to it, very early 80s sounding music. Is that, what would you say your, um, well, let's take a, a kind of a big step back and ask you this large question here. What's your history with music then? Yeah, okay. That, okay, so this will take up the rest of the <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, first, first let me say, you have obviously seen, listened to this sermon mm -hmm. recently. Yes. I have not. <laughs> uh, this is like 80, 90. This is going on four years ago for me. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember quite as well as you do. <laughs> okay. That being said, um, I love music. It's a big thing in my life. I can tell you, uh, I can probably give you my top 10. Let's, okay. uh, I'll give you my top 10. You know, okay. So this give you an order where I'm coming from. But when I say I love music, it's a huge part of my life. There's a big vinyl collection behind me. You can't quite see it. And just, you know, I'm, I just listen to music all the time and I'm a rock guy. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you number one and it's going to throw you off. Okay. okay. So right. number one, Bob Dylan. Okay. I am a Bob Dylan. I know my Dylan. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like really like more than you think I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can quote, you know, on and on and on lyrics. I know, you know, I have everything that he's ever done. And Dylan lends himself to that kind of devotion and studies. I mean, there's a reason why you give the guy a Nobel for literature, right? Sure. It's my love of language. I'm not sure which, because as a kid, I was, I was just, I was a whole hard rock. Uh -huh. But in 1975, when I was 15, 16, uh, Blood on the Tracks came out. And the clock radio went off early. Early one morning, the sun was shining. I was lying in bed, wondering if she changed it all, if her hair was still red. And that, that song, I just, I was mesmerized by the poetry, how it just tripped off the tongue. And so I've been a huge Dylan fan since that moment. But that might make you think that I'm like a singer-songwriter right now. Because sure. number two in my pantheon would be Zeppelin. No <laughs> doubt, number two, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Zeppelin guy. Okay. Uh, then it gets a little trickier. Number three is probably the Rolling Stones. Number four, probably U2. Okay. Uh, uh, number five, Neil Young, let's say. Number six, the Beatles. Got to have them there somewhere. Sure. Uh, number seven, Bruce Coburn. See, now we're back to a, a, think, a thinking man's uh -huh. artist. Right. I, I like him for also for his lyrical content. Number eight, maybe Queens of the Stone Age. See, didn't wow. see that one. I okay, like you're moving around a lot. Number nine, Arcade Fire. Number ten could be about a hundred bands. Yeah. Today it's well, how you're feeling. Yeah, today it's the Black Keys. But okay. so that'll give you an idea where I'm. From. Wow. Okay. All right. So that's a that's a pretty good list of uh of uh inspiration and uh and bands. I don't I don't get any heavier than Metallica. Metallica is kind of my I do like okay. Metallica. That's, that's about it stops there. Okay. And. um I, I guess I'm I'm no more I'm, I'm no folkier than Bruce Coburn or okay <laughs> Neil Young or whatever I don't know. <laughs> so you said that you are a a frustrated musician. Why the frustration then? 
Oh, because I'm no good. <laughs> I, mean, I, do, I have a guitar. I have guitars. I play. Yeah. I don't play well. Okay. And uh, if I could play well, if I if I had that gift, it's what I would do with my life. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and what's so, nice? you know, if, if if you all believe in providence and God's will, God said, I'll let BZ love music. But if he can <laughs> actually do it, he won't do what I want him to do. Therefore, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, we wanted to know. Um, that was uh, well, just kind of. Uh, I I figured it was going to be a classic rock inspiration in the yeah, back I'm end. My um, age and that sort of thing. But how, so, how many of those bands have you seen live? Are you are you a big fan yes, of live shows? Then I didn't I didn't see the Beatles or Zeppelin. Everybody else but Beatles and Zeppelin because I was too young. <laughs> sure. Zeppelin never came to Kansas City when I was aware of them. I think they, I think they came very, they think they might have come in like 68, uh-huh. but I'd have been nine years old. And so right. I, I couldn't have got my parents to take me to a Zeppelin sure. show. And uh, by the time I was old enough, they never got any closer than St. Louis, which is the other side of the state from me. And so yeah. I've seen no. Robert Pimento. Yeah. So you saw him at the Midland? Was that, did, was that a mm-hmm. good show? Yes. Yes. How did you know about that? You said that in that in that podcast oh, or in in that see? episode. <laughs> see? I I know, man. I didn't. How, how did you know that? <laughs> yeah, I didn't creep or anything. No, it was something that you had mentioned in there. Yes, um, I did. <laughs> so you've spoken with on on Twitter. You're pretty. Let me look at your Twitter. David was looking at your Twitter. You're very active on that. You have fifty three point six thousand followers, mm-hmm. and. And 51,000 tweets on there. A few mm-hmm. of those have gone out to Zach Lind, the drummer for Jimmy Eat World. Do you know him at all? No. Uh, yes and no. No, I, no, no. Definitively, I don't know. Uh-huh. Here's what I do know. I did a theological debate, and I don't, I, don't, I don't think this podcast is even interested in the nature of the theological debate, but I did a theological debate in 2014 that apparently, you know, it was it was it was academic in its nature. And apparently, one of the ways you could access this debate on there are about 700 people live at it, but uh, you could access it online. And apparently, one of them was what's his Zach. name? <laughs> Zach. Okay. Zach. Yeah, okay. Zach Lind. Yeah. Zach Lind. And he commented. I think in support of my position. Yeah. And and the people that knew him would go, my goodness, that's a drummer for Jimmy <laughs> World. And they were telling me that. Yeah. And then I th- I'm sure that when I did this sermon, I got a little, you know, it, there was something on Twitter that he yeah. was aware of that and glad that I had done so. And yeah. So yeah. Yeah, there's some members of the band. I think with their history, Zach has been the most vocal about his beliefs, although I it him being in a band in this in this this secular band he's he's kind of made it also apparent that he's not it's not a central part of his life but he has beliefs and uh and i you know he and his wife have been together for so long and they've got their kids and everything so i think his ideals um he doesn't he doesn't push it a lot more right. than the other band members do they don't mention anything at all well first of all you, you talked about secular music I, it's not a term, it's not a division, it's not a category that I use for music. Mm-hmm. My two categories for music are good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> now, now there, now there may be good, there may be good music that is at times 
religiously oriented in some of its lyrical content. U2 does that. Dylan does that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then there's some that do it exclusively, right? Mm-hmm. And so and they might produce good music or they don't. The, the, the one problem with being a, quote, Christian band, I'm not against that, but if you're going to say we're going to limit our lyrical content to the subject matter of Christianity, it's too easy to drift away from art and move into the realm of propaganda. Uh-huh. And uh, that's that's always going to be the, the the danger of someone that self-identifies. We're a Christian band. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can argue that U2 is essentially a Christian band in the sense that all of them are Christians and virtually all of their songs in one way or another are kind of informed by a Christian worldview. That being said, obviously they're not a quote Christian band. I mean, that's not what they are. And it's just, and so they're liberated to not feel obligated to stamp Jesus on every song they do. And so, yeah. So that's how I think about that. And, And that's why, you know, in this series that I do, I've done it for 13 years now. I mean, now it would be, then it was 10 years. Now I think it'd be, I don't know, I've lost track. Um, I do it in the month of August. It's just sort of a fun thing, but it's wildly popular. Yeah. It, oh. it, it actually is. And I I rarely, I wouldn't say I never, because it, it, it's not never, but I rarely use a quote Christian song. Oh. I almost always use a quote secular song, but Part of what I'm doing with that series is trying to show my church that I would prefer them not to categorize art, whether it's music or film or literature, in this real hard, strict category of Christian secular. Okay. Okay. Well, since we're on that subject, I guess I'll ask the question that Danny from the Sadie Hawkins pod, very similar to ours, they just they do a weekly um track breakdown of Reliant K. Are you familiar with Reliant K at all? Mm-hmm. So his question was um so he watched the sermon and loved it. Uh he would like to ask you what your feeling is that that kind of love and I think the love that he's referring to is um and maybe you've already answered this by saying that there's no way to just to kind of label a band but that that kind of love that the band was talking about in their song Love Never can that come from people or a world without Christ? That's a great question, and I don't have a cheap answer. Um, I'm suspicious. I think it can for a time. I think it can as we inherit the residue of previous Christian generations that have informed us in this kind of co-suffering, self-sacrificing love that is at the heart of the true Christian message, understanding that the Christian message frequently becomes distorted as it's hijacked for political agendas and things like that. I just want all of our hearers to know that I know that yeah, <laughs> and that I've tried my best to be a voice that uh, pushes back on that. Um, you know, in the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky, which is my all-time favorite novel, and I also might also regard it as my all-time favorite theological work. Uh, in it, the, well, I suppose the antagonist, one of the Karamazov brothers, Ivan, 
the intellectual university students, either atheist or just or nihilist, um, he has his axiom, without God, all things are permitted. And it may be hard to get around that, that um, if love is not the nature of the creator God, then um, I, don't, I don't know that, that altruistic love can really exist apart from God, but maybe, but maybe. Okay. I don't think there's any accounting for it. I think it can it, it can certainly be. I, I don't want people to mishear me because you I know you're going to mishear me. You just you just heard me say atheists can't love. I don't that. Yeah, of course they can. I believe that. I don't think they can account for the nature of love apart from appealing to a creator who is love. Okay. I would say. Okay, I think that's a great way of putting it. Of, of kind of uh, addressing it and uh, still putting your belief in there, but not really making it so it, it's this black or white thing. There. Yeah. Okay. I feel like Danny, Danny's going to, he's going to be, the fact that you said that's a great question, he'll love that. <laughs> it is a great question. Yeah. You know, and I, I, it gave me pause. I have to think yeah. about that. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't, you didn't give the cheap answer. You, you took, I, a, I took a moment. Cheap, yeah. <laughs> so, um, did this song, listening to Jimmy Eat World, Love Never, did that, make you want to explore Jimmy World's discography anymore? Yeah, I did. Yeah. 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 Was there For any a while, particular I drove song? around town listening to yeah, I would just I would on I use Spotify. Uh-huh. And um even though Neil Young told me not to and I love Neil Young but you know, <laughs> you're still on you it. Too. Pick your, you got to pick your battles, you know. Same with pick me. Your... Same with me. I couldn't do it. And uh <laughs> and I would put it on, you know, this is Jimmy World. You know, they have that where you kind of just get a, a uh, Yeah, a taste. And of course, I knew what the big their big song middle. I knew that one, mm. and you know, so I was I'm familiar with them as I would just come across them on whatever you know, as you just come across them in your rock journeys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you? But, have... but again, the, my good friend Josh, when when he when he says this is like his favorite band, I'm thinking, wow, Josh. I I mean, because Josh is a, a fabulous musician. He's on staff in our church. And has been for a long time. He, that guy can play. We've been to some, we've been to a Jeff Beck concert together. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I mean, he's, you know, I thought, okay, you should go to a Jeff Beck concert. With yeah. Him. And so, um, so, you know, they're in, in my mind, they, the, the, when, when Josh told me this is his favorite band, I thought they're immediately totally legit. Right. <laughs> They've got that credibility now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so as as the story goes, David and I, uh, we both have our favorite band. So mine's been Weezer. And it's one of those unconditional loves that I've, ever since my cousin introduced me to them. And uh, wouldn't Jimmy World and Weezer, aren't they from like about the same time? Oh, yeah, very much so. They, they yeah. burst on the scene about the same time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, around 90, 94, 96 was the time that yeah. they showed up. And uh, in his favorites, Blink-182. And he's just always been mm-hmm. into that band and... And so our our collective second favorite band is Jimmy Eat World. So we're on episode 100. And this, this is this is why you guys are all 20 years younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> but I grew up listening, and I, I bring this up a lot. Out here in Southern California, we had Arrow FM, which was classic rock. It was everything that you had mentioned. It was it was right. Led Zeppelin. It was um, Gary. Moore. It did blues music. It had Gary Moore, all this other stuff yeah. that. And then my dad's vinyls that he he 
left to me. And it's all these things that I have. I have all of that as kind of like this this foundation of music. And then when I found uh, that, uh, I guess you could say it's like alternative rock. That's when it really kind of, uh, my my world really opened up. And I started yeah. kind of uh, going down. I mean, I, I, ha- I have my, I just gave you my 10. Yeah. Top of my head. But that's not, that's 10 out of thousands of bands. I know. It's so and hard. This is artists that I, that I love and listen yeah. to. So I and I re, I work hard not to get stuck in classic rock. I love classic rock, but I really try. I, I'll, I'll tell you two bands I'm into right now that are contemporary right now. Fontaine's DC. Have you heard of them? No, Fontaine's I have not. Right. No. This is my tip. Fontaine's DC. DC stands for Dublin City. They're a band out of Ireland. Okay. And they're just good. Yeah. And then Radkey. Now, admittedly, I have. You know, Radke's from here, from St. Joseph, Missouri, but they're featured in the new Dave Grohl, What Drives Us, you know, about, about yeah. band histories driving around, you know, they're, yeah. they're featured there. They've opened for the Foo Fighters. They're a great, heavy, three-piece, they're three brothers. Their last name is Radke. You know, it sounds like Radke, but yeah, I mean, right. that's just the name. <laughs> and uh, they're a heavy... Cause I have my whole punk rock side. I didn't mention any, you know, I didn't mention the clash or the Ramones or dead Kennedys or cause I like all that stuff. Iggy and the Stooges. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is more from that world, but it's, right. it's, it's, it's melodic, but kind of heavy. I mean, uh, the, what is their motto? They have this model trying to just to save the world from false rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, those, those, those are my two kind of maybe obscure bands that are new or newish. Okay. Uh, Red okay, so and Fontaine's DC. All right. So you're, I mean, and do you feel like uh, it's, you take more of like getting introduced to those bands? Is it more from the platform of Spotify that you find these bands or is it people that are coming around talking to you word of mouth? I would say three sources. Yeah. You satellite radio, Sirius XM and I'll just, you know, I try to, you know, I get on XMU or alternative or pay attention to David Frick. You know, he has, that's the uh, longtime music critic at the at Rolling Stone. I mean, one of their big ones. And I just pay attention because he brings out newer stuff and I'll, I'll listen to him. Uh, then there's friends. And then there's, I have three adult sons. Ages well, my wife isn't here, so she won't be upset if I get their age. Ages forty-one to twenty-nine. Yes, yes, and and one in the middle that's like thirty-seven. Okay, <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I can tell you their birth dates. Their years is hard to remember, or that's at least keep track. And they all love music. And so they're always saying, hey, dad, hey, dad, because they know I want them to do that because I don't want to just I mean, yeah, OK, I I'd love my Zeppelin, but, you know, they haven't done an album since 1980 and they're not yeah. going to. So, right. So it, <laughs> I love that. But it isn't that I want to sit around and forever just listen to stuff that's sure. 50 years old. So so those are, you know, satellite radio friends and my kids. Yeah. You know, you had mentioned my, those- my youngest son is a is a musician. He's a drummer in a band. And, he's you know, so he's really immersed in that world there. They're, he's he'll he'll bring stuff to me that I just never would have found. And yeah. well, my son, my older son, too, both of them will will bring yeah. me stuff that I just would not have found on my own. 
Yeah, okay. But if they bring it to me and they say, Dad, you need to listen, I always do. I don't like, I don't like this. <laughs> you got to give everything a chance, right? right. Yeah. yeah, because then you'll you'll never you'll just get stuck in that in that uh, in that little bubble that you've created of music, which I can find myself getting into. And uh, what I like about Spotify is they'll have uh, on your radar or they'll have these other suggested mm-hmm. um, channels or playlists that I can go through. And it's it's a good listen. It, it They're suggesting it based on my trending listening. And and it's it's a way for me if I'm not talking. David's usually a, a source that he gives me new music. So I we share music back and forth. But if so, it's so it. so it's like on my <laughs> on my radio in my Jeep. <laughs> you know, I have the presets, right? Sure. And it's, it's Sirius XM. And I do have uh, classic vinyl. That's their classic rock channel. But I really, res- it's like, it's like, it's for, it's a moment of indulgence. It's like, it's like uh, eating cake. Yeah, double chocolate cake. <laughs> you just, you just, you, you. you can do it on certain occasions, but you can't just do it all the time. Right. And so I just I just like, OK, today, without apology, I'm going to be classic rock. But I, but I but I never just keep it set there. Right. I don't want to get sucked right. in that vortex of nostalgia and just be some old man. that. Yeah. Oh, he just listens to classic rock. Yeah. Right. That's great. I mean, as as uh, as time goes on, I feel like I'm going to be uh, very similar to you. I don't know if I have you. You're able to see you seemingly can retain a lot more uh, lyrics. And one of David's questions was, are you a music or a lyrics guy? And I have an idea of what you are. I, I can't answer that. I know <laughs> the answer is yes. Um, I mean, I, cu- I couldn't be the absolute outrageous Bob Dylan enthusiast I am without just having a great love for language. And I'm a, I'm a writer, you know. Sure. Uh, I mean, that's why it's not that I'm a pastor of a local church, which is wonderful, but that's not why I have 50 some thousand followers on Twitter. It's, right. it's, you know, me from my writing. And so I love language and I, and I, I, I wouldn't fancy myself a poet, but I do write poetry. So I'm drawn to that sort of stuff. Um, but I don't know, but, the, yeah. but music, man, it moves me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I, the 12th book that I will write, I've written 11 or yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'm working on number 11 right here right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a break with the podcast, but it's all right here. But I already have the contract for the 12th and it will be a memoir. And I've already given it the title with music in my ears. Yeah. And uh, that comes from a, uh, I got it right here. Um, I don't have it memorized, but. It's a, it's a, it's a line. It's an obscure line from a relatively obscure Dylan song outside. The lights were shining on the river of tears. I watched them from the distance with music in my ears. And so as I tell my story, I'm going to call it with music in my ears because music has just always been there. Yeah. It's just, you know, I know for those of us that are really into this sort of thing, it's maybe cliche, but it's always, it's always been there. And it's healing and it's helpful. It's, well, it's all the things that we all know that it is. Right. Uh, right. So and Frederick Nietzsche said, without music, life would be a mistake. <laughs> and I don't always agree with Nietzsche, but when I do, I really do. Yeah. And right there, I really agree. 
Yeah, there's um, you use the word healing, and I feel like that in in so many different ways. If it's uh, if it's a positive healing, or if you're sad, and uh, and you you know we'll joke about uh, there's certain Jimmy Eat World songs that allow you to just feel bad, and sometimes you want to just feel bad oh, for a little bit. I mean, totally. Uh, if I'm really feeling bad, I don't want happy songs. Right. Right. I don't want they're trying to cheer me up. Right. <laughs> I, I want I want to just kind of go all the way through and then come out on the other side. Sure. But right. lean into it. Songs like I'll give you Larry. Let me see if I can pull up one here. Um, uh, Shadows are falling and I've been here all day. It's too hot to sleep and time is running away. Feel like my soul has been turned into steel. I still got the scars that the sun did not heal. There's not room enough to be anywhere. Uh, it's not dark yet, but it's getting there. <laughs> <laughs> and who's that? <laughs> That's Dylan. Okay. Uh, all right. song called, so. It's not dark yet. Okay. And, and every, at the end of every stanza, the line is, it's not dark yet, but it's getting there. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the songs I do. It's a song that I could do on guitar and I wouldn't uh, mess up the lyrics, but, it, but just to recite it, it's in the, it's the key of e. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Easier to sing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, another thing going back under the whole, like finding new music and stuff, there's, uh, I, I don't know if you can see behind me, but like I've built my studio out here and I've got my thing and I'm probably in the see, same. You've got, you've got uh, some fenders. I think there's maybe a Stratagash, maybe an Explorer. Yeah. I can't quite tell what you got That's there. My, yeah. I've got uh, an Ibanez Iceman. I've got a, a Gibson SG and then I've got, yeah, my, uh, the one that you're looking at back there is my Strat. Yeah. And, uh, I love music. I grew up with it. My my grandpa, he uh, he introduced me to music. My family's been so into music, and it's just been part of the, our lives. And I think, you know, you, that there's traits or there's things that you learn that uh, that are just inherent. And like growing up, I just wanted to be surrounded by music. So I may not have made success from it, but I still like you. It sounds like you just enjoy it. And um, so, do you have any kind of studio or anything that you? record anything in or you just play I'm, I'm not I'm not worthy of a studio my friend <laughs> <laughs> nobody <laughs> I'll tell you a story though yeah so I told you about my three sons I also have my wife and I have eight grandchildren the, the, the oldest two sons are well they're all married but the older two sons each have four children apiece they live a mile from us and across the street from one another and uh so that's a great joy, you know, wow, that, yeah. I mean, they were just, some of them were just here moments ago. They just, they just left within the last hour. And so, but the, the, the first one, the first one is uh, our first grandson is Jude. And I'll tell you this, if you have a, a child or a grandchild named Jude, you never get past, Hey Jude. <laughs> Every time you, Hey Jude, it's like, hey. Yeah. and well, and I'm not going to tell the whole story. It's a, it's, it, it's a story that has a grim beginning and a happy ending, but uh, when Jude was two, well, two and a half, he was diagnosed with an acute ganglioneuroblastoma stage four oh, tumor wow. yeah. and given about a 30% chance of survival. He'd made it through. There was a surgery, a very heroic surgery by, by Dr. St. Peter. And yes, that is his wow. name, <laughs> Dr. St. Peter. Um, you know, when this, it was, it was like a, seven hour surgery and we'd had some report, but not really. And at the end of the surgery, 
Dr. St. Peter came walking into the waiting room, still in his scrubs, and he throws himself down on the couch. He says, all right, it's all right. Everything's all right. But he said, I made a big mistake. It was what? He said, I should never have attempted this. The tumor was involved in so many organs. But once I started, I couldn't stop. I mean, there was no going back. And I just kept trying. It's like we threw a Hail Mary and got a touchdown. And so now, now all Jude had to do was recover and they could do that. But what I, what I did was I learned, Hey Jude. And I would, I would, uh, I would go in and sing that for him. Hey Jude, don't make it. Sad song. You know, it, 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 lyrically it sort of works. Uh-huh. And, uh, the thing is though, nobody, nobody wants to hear me sing. That's why there's no recording studio. Oh. Let's be serious here. So, but Jude loved that. And he would even request it. Hey, Papa, play Hey Jude. And so I would, you know, on request, I would perform Hey Jude for Jude. And this went on for a number of years. He's now 11, up until a few years ago when, when uh, you remember that movie Yesterday? Do you know, you know the Beatles movie oh, Yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of lived that movie. See, he thought I wrote that song. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't bother to tell him about the uh-huh. Beatles. I just, so it, I just did the song. And then one day it's like, Papa, I know about the Beatles. <laughs> well, busted. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you really didn't think your grandpa was Paul McCartney, did right. you? <laughs> well, they are. I mean, they are. It, they're a rev- revolutionary band. And there's they, their song and their music. All, all of their different songs can transcend so many different generations. Right. Well, and, and that's the thing about really well-crafted songs is they, because earlier I was talking about how if, if a Christian band leans too heavily into giving a specific message, then they become propaganda and no longer art. When it's art, there's enough ambiguity in the song that it can be owned by all kinds of people. Right. And that's why, and that's why the best songwriters will never tell you, quote, what it's about. I mean, woe betide the fool that asked Bob Dylan what his song is about. <laughs> that just brings out the wrath in him. And what do you mean? What, what, kind, what kind of question is that? You know, listen to the song. You know what it's about. <laughs> right, right. But, but that there is some wisdom. That's not him just being a curmudgeon. That's him saying, it, without saying it, that just let the song be to you what it is to you. Right. And in one sense, you don't want the songwriter to tell you, well, it's about this, because then it has a very narrow, single, restricted exactly. meaning. Good art will lend itself to various interpretations, various meanings, according to the listener, the viewer, the whoever, however the art is encountered. And so I, I think that's super important. Right. And for the 175 plus songs that Jimmy Eat World have published, created, written in their history, 30 years as a band, um, there's maybe a handful. I'd say five or six that Jim has openly said to somebody, this is what this song is about. But by and large, his whole approach is you listen to my lyrics and what they mean to you is what they mean to you, just like you were saying. And that's and they're I mean, they're a younger band. They're not the youngest band. You talk about these brand new bands. Um, that are probably in you know late teens, but they're they're pretty seasoned, and so they know what they're doing, and and uh, we're just glad that they've they've survived so long as a band with the original um, with the original four members, no less. And I want to commend you because because I am an advocate 
for being a uber fan of something. <laughs> so, so I like, I like, I like, um, you know, I mean, it's, I think I've established the fact that I like music. Sure. And I like it a whole lot. But I, I think there is something about becoming a hardcore fan of one or two artists. And you can only pick one. It, it, it takes enough devotion that you, can you pick two? Maybe, maybe only one. Yeah. But I think I think that's that's where you're sucking the marrow out of it. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting the most you can get because not only do you really get to go very deep into the artist's work, you will find a camaraderie of other people who right. share that same love and passion. And I, I, I don't, you don't have to tell me that that's happened to you because I know it. <laughs> right. And this and, project, yeah, has been two and a half years, almost three years in the making. And, uh, you know, we thought about it. Uh, he needed, it was David's idea. He needed a partner. And I said, I'm very interested in doing this. I love the band. Um, but it was very much like I appreciate, I have my favorite album. I like these songs. Some of it does feel like we have to go looking for information. But over I, looking back on these last few years, it doesn't feel like work. You know, it doesn't yeah. feel like this slog. And in the end, I feel so much more knowledgeable about the band. And like you said, right. just making these new friends, these new relationships with people who are uh, intrigued by the band. And I can give them that information or other people that are that have more information and have been around with the band 35 years. Um, but just building these relationships. You're right. It's it. I didn't it didn't. Really and and the, like the at. band itself, if I understand it correctly, and I'm sure you can tell me uh are if not entirely largely they are friends from childhood yeah they are yeah uh jim and zach went to preschool together and it was zach's mom i, that well, was I the love teacher. those kind of stories <laughs> I know. I love those stories. so they've been together for so so many years and besides having uh mason cooper and mitch porter which both went on they ended up exiting the band and going on to uh their uh there two years uh, they were in the Mormon church. And so they went on to, um, mm -hmm. to do that. Uh, they left, but then it was Zach. They brought Jim in and they've had Rick and Tom. So it's been those four for 30 something years. And they've been, you know, aside from a few moments where they've taken breaks and kind of explored their own individual music pathways, they've come back as a band and, and you came back to their 10th album, which was surviving. Yeah. It's such an amazing album to me. We I, we love Justin Meldel Johnson. He did uh, Weezer's White album, and then also did uh, Integrity Blues, which is another favorite Jimmy World album of mine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, being able to talk about these people now, producers and uh, engineers that were on this, it's a it's a normal conversation for me now. When two two and a half years ago, I was thinking, wow, these are the I had to make sure I knew the names of the band members in full. You know, James Christopher Adkins, <laughs> but now right. it's just all second nature to me. Yeah. I mean, one of my best friends, in fact, he and his wife were just staying in our house for a week uh, last week. He's also a pastor in Denver, Colorado. But our friendship began many years ago when I was speaking at a conference he was attending. And I was, you know, I'll just I'll just throw in Dylan lines when I'm speaking it. I, sometimes I do it on purpose. More often than not, it'll just come to me in the moment. Oh, this line will work here. And I don't usually attribute it. I just people know people that know me know oh, if he gives forth a rhyme, it's probably Dylan. <laughs> uh, I don't you know, I don't feel obligated to attribute it. I just drop them in there. 
And, but he's a hardcore Dylan fan like me. And he caught that. Yeah. And, and so we met, he wanted to meet me afterwards and we, we started talking and, and, and in my world as a Dylan fan, people say, I'm a big Dylan fan. And, and we will think, yeah, that's what you say. <laughs> <laughs> like what you like knocking on heaven's door, like a rolling stone. Right. All the, yeah. Yeah. You know, so so we have this little dance we do. You know, it's like, oh, tell me what you know. When, what do you do? And until it gets, you know, like ten levels deep, and then you go, oh, okay, you're legit. Yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> don't you love that though? It's almost, it's just like no, it's uh, fun. Yeah, yeah I do it is fun. That. I, I don't, I would never belittle someone and say, well, you're, you're actually a hack. You're not a fan. <laughs> I would never do that. Yeah. But I'm just saying when 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 they when they're fully vetted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that's uh, fun yeah so uh well, I'll, t- I'll tell one more story like ahead. that sure because it's in it i was in bethlehem my wife and i will lead pilgrim tours in the holy land we've been doing it for 25 years in fact we'll be the whole month of march in israel leading various groups and we had done a church service in bethlehem and it was over everything was done and people were just milling around i think there was I think people were eating and uh, I was just off in a corner by myself. And I'm just sort of, I was just doing Dylan songs, but not, you know, I wasn't attracting attention. I was just kind of doing them. And this woman, her name turns out to be Mercy Aiken from Arizona, grew up, I'm not making this up, her and her family grew up in the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And they're kind of famous in Grand Canyon, oh, the, the Aikens. Uh-huh. And uh, her parents were real hippies, uh, artists, intelligent. And he had a job down there running the, I don't know, something. Yeah. <laughs> something. But, you know, so she grew up in the bottom of the van, van, uh, Grand Canyon. And then was, you know, she's kind of just traveled the world as a vagabond. <laughs> and she was living in Bethlehem and she was at that meeting. And she heard me and she came over and ever so, and she would just start, I couldn't, I couldn't think of a song. I knew the chords to that. She didn't know the lyrics. Really? To she can actually really sing. Uh-huh. And uh, well, and to this day, Perry and I are very good friends, very close friends with our dear friend, Mercy Aiken. Yeah. Who's back in, she's back living in Arizona, living in, uh, oh, what's, what's the town up above Phoenix where, where it gets cool. Uh, uh, Flagstaff. Yes, there you go. Thank okay. you. Flagstaff. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I have family in Flagstaff. So I'm pretty familiar yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it snows. <sighs> <laughs> so what's next? What's next for you and the church then? What's uh, what, do, what do you got? You, you seem like a very busy individual. <laughs> well, the church is 40 years old. We just celebrated our 40th anniversary in November. Congratulations. And, uh, you know, and I have, you know, I have other pastors. And what's interesting, even, even the young people, I'm thinking like the people in their thirties, twenties and thirties that are on staff with us literally grew up in our church. I mean, they, they were maybe born in our church or they started attending when their parents were bringing them when they were two or five or something like that. So it's a lot of longevity. One of my sons is on staff uh, in our church. And so we're just, you know, we're just being a church and pressing yeah. on. I'm giving myself more to writing and that sort of stuff. So I'm, I'm happy to let them take on more and more responsibility yeah. and I'll just do what I'm doing. Um, I, I tell you what, though, because I've done this, it started out as finding God on your iPod, which almost rhymes. 
but then it became well you know nobody has an ipod anymore so right so we just it was finding god in the music and so we've been doing this for i think either 12 or 13 years and uh, if you go to my spotify which i am uh, actually going to after this <laughs> there is there is finding god in the music anthology and mm-hmm. every song that i've done is on there and it's like 70 or 80 songs yeah and i was thinking just last night just last night i was thinking I think I wonder, I wonder if this thing's played out, if this thing's going to just become a cliche and hokey and oh, here's Brian Zahn again doing his <laughs> dang music thing. But it, I say that no one's ever said that. It seems like it's popular, but I thought maybe I've just, you know, played this to the end. Yeah. You know, it's only one month that I do it, but still, or well, I shouldn't say it. you sometimes I'll stretch it out six or seven weeks, actually in the summertime, sort of a fun right. where I combine certain contemporary music with, a sermon, mm-hmm. but but just talking to you today, I'm thinking, ah, this thing's probably got some more life. <laughs> I, in I it. would say so. And do you do you pay attention or do you look at the the metrics of how it does on your channel? Like, did the Jimmy Eat World one do any better or worse? I, I don't. People you, do. Yeah, I don't. Not they thing. tell me that that always my most popular stuff is the Finding God in the Music series. Yeah. Okay. And, and, it's, and it's, we we, we fool because I don't. I will never tell. Any, I say I say I don't tell anybody. I have people that help me with the technical aspects of this, so they know. Uh-huh. But. But I don't publicize this week. It's going to, I mean, no, it's like, it's <laughs> super secret. Yeah. And, and I think about it all year and I keep one of those, you know, hidden playlists. You know, you won't see it in my profile, right, right. Uh, which is, it's just finding God in the music ideas. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'll tell you one that I put in, cause I, I, I'm so sure this is probably going to be one of them is the new killers album pressure. Oh, Machine. Yeah. Are you yeah, familiar with that? Yeah. I don't yeah. know which song exactly, yeah, but, but you feel like something from that there, whole huh? album, kind of a concept album that 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 lends itself to a lot of spiritual reflection and just general reflection about, you know, living in America in the time in which we live. Right. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a, in fact, I made that my album of the year. I thought that was the, the best album yeah. of 2021 was the killer's pressure machine. I thought that was a great. album. Yeah, it, it's it's very reminiscent of. Uh, Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska, if you're familiar with that. It's a little more band oriented. You know, I think Springsteen recorded uh, Nebraska essentially with a four track by himself, you know, but uh, but the the lyrical content, very similar. Yeah. Well, is is there anything that you would like to uh, to plug or uh, talk about? No, I'm not here to plug anything, man. No, I just talking music, (laughs) right? You just keep keep on rocking in the free world. That's what I'm yeah. here to plug. <laughs> right. And you know, this this whole thing that one of the greatest things about we don't always have people that we interview on this, but just meeting these new individuals that have some kind of connection to the band, even if it's very loose, but not even necessarily your interaction with the band, but hearing your story and and your history with music and and you know, you've got quite an experience. I'm sure if we hung out, you and I would be speaking it for you know hours at a time every session we were hanging out about some story i'm sure you could tell me isn't that the way it goes yeah yeah Yeah. and it's just sharing these experiences and how music is just so beautiful it's such a beautiful platform and yes and thing yeah um but brian i want to thank you for coming on today and and talking with us about you know so much more than what we were you know the sermon and everything just how music is uh you know like we said a beautiful thing 
Oh, thank you, Justin. I, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, have a great rest of your Monday. All right. Thank you very much. Oh, you too.